to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Uh, Jordan joining us on the program, our social media expert. And uh, a lot has happened this week, Jordan, uh, with congressional hearings and legislation. Uh, Mayor of New York City uh, went and said social media is a public health crisis. Right. Um, you know, we kind of got a little glimpse of some of that with COVID leading up to this. But I, I want to focus in on all the tech people um, with the exception of one, there was one that wasn't there. The YouTube folks, right. YouTube CEO wasn't there. We'll talk about that as well. But um, all the big ones, X, Zuckerberg with uh, Meta, um, they all showed up yeah. uh, and they were all drug out in the carpet in front of Congress. What led up to that? Yeah, because there's been rumblings about social media and kids. And, and I want to kind of unpack where all this came from. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a deep-rooted issue, and it has been for quite a while. Um, it, You know, there are kids that grew up on TV and, uh, you know, didn't oh. play outside much, right? But now it's now it's every kid in the store has a new baby. You know, I, I, I grew up on, on television, and but that was the babysitter at the time. Yes. Now, with technology, and, and I will point fingers back at parents a little bit, because yes. stop handing your kid the tablet or your phone right. as a babysitter. That That... So some of this comes back to the parents as well. Yes. But congressional hearing, of course, you know, the trafficking issues right. and the predatory side of things. This is different. This is way different than me sitting in front of the TV as right. my babysitter for because mom and dad had something else to do for a little bit watching TV. This is an entirely different level. So it's changed because of the technology. Yeah. And it's, I mean, honestly, it goes back to, like you said, parenting styles. So, you know, think about like, you know, we grew up on TV and that's, that was our babysitter, like you said. And then now it's sort of that same situation. A lot of people during COVID were working remote and they have kids. So what do they do? They give their kids a screen because they're on their screen all day. Right. I mean, Obviously, it goes deeper. You do what you know. You do what you because know. The other thing with this is we're talking about kids right now, and that's what this congressional hearing was about, was a yes. lot of kids, kids that have committed suicide with cyberbullying and being trafficked and all kinds of other stuff. But you do what you know. Right. So when I'm looking at this, this isn't the first generation. This no. is just, it's growing yeah. um, and, and getting worse and getting worse because things get worse every consequential or subsequent generation. So the parents were a generation of the screen yeah, technology. Absolutely. And that's how they grew up. So now the next generation, this is where it's getting worse. So it's an interesting switch from latchkey kid, you know, uh, off doing whatever, wherever. You don't know where your kids are. You know, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? To sort of now the situation where... Well, at 10 p.m. in the summer, or as soon as it got dark, unless I was playing flashlight tag with my friends, if yeah. you are dating myself there, but... 
you you to be home. Right. Streetlights are on. You got to be home. Yes. And, and that's not the case now. No, it's I mean, we have gone through a couple of stages of number one, there's helicopter parents now, people that have, you know, all of the stuff on their kids phones that is like the the life 365, you know, always tracking their location, constantly monitoring everything they're doing. But now also the flip side of that, there are people, you know, parents that let their kids kind of do wherever, whatever, wherever. Um, they have iPads, they have phones, you know, it's it's sort of a mix of people, the generations not wanting to be like their parents. Well, and I remember back ew, probably eight, ten years ago, the big discussion, yeah, about ten years ago, because I remember when the discussion was, okay, what's too early to give your kid a phone? Right. What's too early to give your kid a screen? Now it's like, oh, you, you see three and four-year-olds that, have a device. Yeah. And they know how to use it better than and you they do. know how to. It's like, can you program this for me? Because I have no clue. Right. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's sort of an interesting technique. You know, you give your kid an iPad to, you know, so they can be distracted at the same time you're distracted. Um, And with that and with the increased screen time, attention spans are getting worse and reliance on phones is getting more intense. You know, there's a there's a there's a bill being proposed. It's, it originated in Florida for uh, you know, a minimum age of 16 to be, uh, for any social media app that is addicting or has an addictive, um, any features that can be addicting. Dangerous though, because define addicting. Right. It's, it's sort of like a reward based Because technically, uh, that Life 365 or. Yeah. Okay. And my wife's got it with sure niece and nephew. She makes me, I'm like, Hey, I leave my phone at home half the time. So right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's technically a social media app. Yes. Because it's got different components to it. Right. So that's actually a, just a tracking device for parents. Absolutely. So that would fall under that bill. I mean, it's, I think it's complicated because it's extremely complicated. Something like TikTok, right? Not a gray area. Right. Something like TikTok, you get a new, like a new video anywhere from 10 seconds to three minutes. So you're scrolling constantly, constantly, and you well, want to see the next thing. So. A term lately, doom scrolling. Doom scrolling, absolutely. That's what this kind of plays into. Right. And it's, I mean, it's the effect on kids' mental health is absolutely something that cannot be understated. Um, you know, during COVID and stuff like that, doing distance learning, realizing that the attention span of kids is like slowly like drifting and drifting and drifting towards, I want to be doing the next thing, right? You know, it used to be that ADD didn't exist. exist. Yeah. It was like, okay, my kid's a little hyper. Yeah. Okay, well, it, they didn't have ADD when I was around that was, you know, when I was that age. Um, And then it kind of turned into, okay, ADD, at which I pinned back to kids started playing video games and not getting out and playing and not burning off energy. And, and that's exacerbated itself. And now it's, okay, the screen time. Sure. And all of that is a different iteration of mental health for children. It really is. And I mean, obviously, like ADHD and ADD, those are things that actually are prevalent in people, you know, whether they're medicated for it or not, or, you know, a short attention span is a thing a person can have uh, from the jump. But absolutely, it is much, much worse with something like that instant gratification. With device. Exactly. Yeah. With a video, yeah, sure, with a video game or with your phone, it's it's all... It's sort of feeding into it and well, making it more. Marlo and I, we're the king of the squirrels. Yeah. That's... No, no question about it. But we also have the ability because the way we grew up in our age, you know, yeah. you focus things, you channel things. Yeah. And I was one of those hyper kids when I was little. Uh, but 
guess what? I was always outside playing right. or working or doing chores. Sure. You channeled that energy. So you had a little bit more attention span when you did have downtime. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's an interest, like, it's, it's truly a bizarre Nothing thing like to look at. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It, like, I, I mean, my screen time post 2020, uh, is up exponentially, you know, uh, now I look at my phone because it gives me the, uh, the phone screen time and yeah. what am I doing on my phone? And I use my phone for work. Otherwise I wish it just made phone calls, but I use it for work and I always get a, and this is my instant gratification piece. Once a month when I get that little message that pops up that said you've used less screen time or less this app or less this or less right i kind of get I, i'm a little junky to that i <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, it, I tell you what i get jazzed i'm like cool i i use my phone less right yeah that makes me excited yeah that's my instant gratification you know whenever my screen time is down i realize it's because i'm on a computer more oh. <laughs> you know <laughs> but that's i mean that's the nature of my job and what I do and what I'm always constantly looking at and scrolling and things like that. It's kind of, it's hard to not see the bad stuff or get caught up in doom scrolling. And especially for a kid who doesn't know what to avoid. For what looks out there that don't know what it is, define doom It is endlessly scrolling, looking for the next thing. And it keeps getting worse and worse with the news or the content that you're interacting with. It just, it, you're not engaged. You're not engaged. Just off into space. You know, like, yeah, some people like tap their foot or, you know, drum on tables and stuff, but some people just don't even look at their phone and they're constantly scrolling or they're wanting to be scrolling almost like they're jonesing for it, you know? It makes and my thumb hurt. It makes my head, it makes my head hurt, makes my heart hurt. Yeah. I mean, so just that doom scrolling of constantly scrolling for no reason and just stay, wasting time uh, on your phone or on a screen, just not doing anything productive or anything in particular. Um, and it gets hard. Like I said, with news cycles and stuff, you can get really wrapped up in that kind of thing and sort of lose faith in, you know. I, well, from the mental health aspect of it, you know, we used to have downtime. Yeah. And screens eliminated that because what are you doing on your downtime? Okay. Right. If you're doom scrolling or you just, you have to pick up that device, you can't just sit there for five minutes. Right. It's like my wife and I get into this argument all the time because first thing she does in the morning, boom, Facebook. Right. Uh, well, after her wordle. Um, yeah, there's even wordle every day too. But if she's sitting there on the couch uh, watching TV, it's like, or doing work at home. And if she has two seconds of downtime, guess what's in her hand? Right. And she's on Facebook. She, she's, I'm like, we don't get downtime anymore. Right. And kids really are learning not to have down. I mean, and my generation, because I was a TV kid, I grew up with the TV. For me now, TV is kind of downtime. I'll have it on the background. Sure. But I'm not watching it. Right. It, it's, it's there, but the kid being on the device. Right. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, and it's they're not watching it, but they're scrolling. It's that need for connection and that need for instant gratification that really drives people to their phones. You know, even if they're, you know, they just see their friend do out doing something that they took a picture of, that's that connection that they feel. It's changed a lot, and we've talked about this before, how people feel connected. Um, My friend little Johnny having for dinner tonight. Yes, hey. exactly. It's like, oh, really? I didn't know that you watched the game also. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those interesting things where people are kind of hanging on a, each other's words on Facebook statuses or on Instagram or, you know, in Snapchat stories. It's kind of an interesting living vicariously through your friends sort of situation, uh, especially in the this day and age. It's kind of, I don't know, It's it makes me feel weird for sure. 
Well, you mentioned the game. You watch the game too. It's like, and people will sit there and watch each other's feed uh, from the high school basketball game instead of talking to their friend or the other parent who's at the basketball game. Right. Because they'd rather discuss or, or chime in on social media than have a conversation. Right. Why is that though? It, it, I'm trying to figure out what level of gratification that is. And that now we're talking about parents, but, uh, rather than kids necessarily. But, uh, what is that level of gratification? Because, uh, it, it, there's a need to be seen on somebody's feed or on their thread of comments. Right. Rather than, well, hey, yeah, hey, your kid had a really nice basket. Right. It's a little weird to me. It's strange for sure. Okay. So, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about that congressional hearing. Uh, this is the Tech Ranch. I'm Steve Bach, along with Jordan. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. We're talking with Jordan, our social media expert. Of course, uh, the big news uh, recently, uh, the congressional hearings that took place concerning social media. Everybody showed up except for YouTube, basically. Right. Um, all the CEOs. Um, so what led up to that? Because when I was going back watching uh, the the video, uh, they were talking about cyberbullying, the mental health aspect, um, trafficking. Right. A lot of predators out there um, really preying on young kids. You mentioned the legislation in some states. Uh, Florida's got uh, a piece of legislation. Not the only state, though. No. Uh, there's a lot of other states. And it's interesting to me because, uh, you know, not to get political, but Florida, a relatively conservative state, um, a lot of not so conservative states. I mentioned uh, the mayor of New York right. saying that social media is a like officially now a mental health issue. Right. Uh, it's a crisis. Um, give us a little insight to the background for this, because I mentioned some of the, you know, the those cyber bullying. We've heard about that for a long time. And and there were a lot of parents in that room that their child had died. Uh, were committed suicide because of social media. Right. Um, and whether it was any of those things. Um, how come it's taken so long to, to start getting some traction or, or paying attention to that, hey, maybe there is an aspect of this that we need to be careful of these dangers? Because it's kind of percolated off in the distance. Right. Kind of a little under the radar, but now there's, some attention paid to it, and I'm looking at it like, yeah, but now is it too late? Is the horse already out of the barn so far that it's really hard to reel some of those things back in? I don't think so. I think the optimism involved in this is kind of important to emphasize as well. Um, there was a senator in Vermont that said there has been a, a huge reduction in emphasis on the dangers of social media and not sharing personal information. When the internet first came out, there was a huge push and a huge emphasis on do not talk to strangers, don't share any personal information. Uh, if you don't know somebody, don't give them any of your... So it was kind of the things about your... I remember being a little kid. It's like, don't talk to strangers. Somebody approaches you. Don't get in the van. Don't take the candy. Right. You know, it, Typical yeah. safety things, but now online, rather, the same warnings are all there. Right. The same safety protocols are all there. It's just in a cyber setting rather than in a personal interactive setting. It's an interesting thing. And it's still a personal interaction. Right. 
there is sort of this thing where if something happens, whether it's big, small, important, not important, there is often a a feeling of I've got to film this or I've got to tell somebody about this. So you'll see videos of people talking about hyper specific things to themselves or like hyper personal details about who they are uh, just unprompted because that's what social media is for, uh, especially lately. Um, But obviously like the don't talk to strangers, don't share personal information. Those are things that are still talked about and pushed, but with so many different social media platforms, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, X, uh, discords, you know, all, all of these ones, all the CEOs that showed up, um, kind of, it, it really highlights that there is a lot more going on than a lot of people are maybe aware of. You know, sometimes you talk to parents of these kids and they, you ask them about these specific apps, like, you know, like discord or these chat, other chat apps, you know, and they don't really know much about it or, you know, there's no age verification necessary for some of these things. And I think that's an important thing that needs to be put in place. But the emphasis now is optimism. I think hopefully like moving forward and making sure that tech companies are owning up to this and actually taking it seriously as far as identification, taking it seriously as far as making sure that children on the internet are safe and doing things in a safe way. Um, there's been a proposition of, you know, perhaps a government agency that watches over this because up until now... Oh, great, more government oversight. Right, exactly. It, I'm usually not a fan of. I mean, and it's maybe that's the thing that these companies need to, you know, light the fire, so to speak, so they don't have to have a government overlord, so to speak, you know, uh, watching their every move and making decisions for them. So making it safer by even just proposing this is something that I think is really going to push this in the right direction. Moving so, on. A, a cyber side of Homeland Security. Or sure. TSA, if you're board the internet exactly yeah. whatever whatever that would look like right and i mean there there is not a lot of cybersecurity agencies really like locally you know in a lot of states they don't have a division dedicated to that for like, well, like i know in the state of north dakota where we're broadcasting from it's uh there's a big cyber security division within the state yeah um but again that's for government business right uh business has a lot of cybersecurity. right um you know we see about being held hostage or or hijacking, uh, right? Doxing things like that. But now, on a personal level, there's those that go after your kids. Right, that's true. And I mean, it's kind of it's scary to think about, but it's always been scary to think about, you know. So just emphasizing it now and making it, uh, you know, a known problem to everybody on on every level. That hey, this is not an okay thing that is happening. We need to fix this. I think that's going to move us in the right direction, at least start to push all of these big tech companies that have really, you know, pushed for profits more than safety, pushed for profit well, over, you know, yeah, exactly, mental and, health. And one of the senators said this, it's like, you know, it kids are profit, you know, it they're, they're a commodity, right, at this point to a lot of these social media platforms, um, a lot of these cyber platforms, right. it, you know, it, it's about the commodity. You know, right. We take a look at, uh, you know, with um, Meta trying to compete against X. Right. Um, those numbers of users, that's a, a bankable commodity. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's no better way from a marketing perspective than get them while they're young because you're probably going to hold on to them. Exactly. So 
there's a lot of value in those younger users. You know, and that's not a new thing necessarily. No, so No, not at all. Thinking about even fairly, you know, 25 years ago, the, the Sony PlayStation was coming out, right? And the marketing campaign behind that was get the 17-year-olds interested in this. That's your target demographic because people that are younger than them are going to uh, look up to them. They want to be like the 17-year-olds and people older than them are going to remember when they were 17 and be interested in the same thing. Now, to put that in a perspective of instead of selling a product, they are selling their service to kids, to people that want to be cool, to want to be you know involved in the social media because of TikTok and things like this being so readily available and so many people sharing all of their details online, all of their personal stories and things like that. Okay, so that brings up a great question in my head, uh, Jordan, and, and you're a gamer to a certain degree, right? Uh, a little bit. No, not really, but okay. I know stuff. You know stuff. So... Have we been through this already, though? Because I remember when gaming went to that next level of right. interactive gaming. Yes. So there were gaming communities out there. Right. So you weren't just playing a game by yourself at home. You had a community. Yeah. And then you didn't know who else was in that community. Exactly. And it was global. So we already kind of went through this. And I remember back when there was a big onus on that aspect of cybersecurity right. with the gaming world of, do you know who's in your gaming group? Right. Do you know who your kids are interacting with? Because there were a lot of predators that went, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are we seeing that now on the social media side of things? Because now I'm thinking in my head, it's like, we've already been through this to a certain degree. Yeah, I think it's just knowing your audience as far as like those people are concerned, you know, like, how do you relate to these kids and you learn all about them and, and then you, you know, through their personal stories that they're telling and all their information that they're giving out. It's uh, it's hard too, because if you think about like when the first video games were coming out that were online and these LAN parties, it was kind of, you know, prevalent then as it is now that uh, safety is secondary. Again, uh, uh, you got to know what your kids are doing. And we're back. Don't miss a minute of the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. So, Jordan, would you like to apologize to our listeners here today? Uh, you know, pull your, your best Zuckerberg out of your hat? Uh, sure. Let me let me give it a shot. My bad, y'all. <laughs> There, there was a lot, not to laugh about it, there was a lot of people that kind of was like, oh, that was a half-hearted attempt. At least I'll give him credit. He did make an attempt to apologize. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of just repeated himself a couple times. But that was, um, you know, we're talking about the congressional hearings uh, that took place. And um, Zuckerberg, when offered the opportunity, did turn around to the audience and apologized um, and, and did mention, you know, the investment that they're doing in the cybersecurity and trying to make some of these platforms safe for your children to get rid of some of the trafficking opportunities that are there, the cyberbullying, uh, the mental health aspect, which I don't really know if they know how to address that. Um, but, you know, at least he made a half-hearted attempt, if you want to call it that, to sure. apologize to the parents in that audience that had lost kids. Yeah. So... Those that were there, I mean, the, and and these were all the big heavy hitters of social media, um, all the different platforms, the discourse and the Snapchat right. and TikTok, X, Zuckerberg, you know, one was missing. One, and I consider this social media. 
uh, because of what it rolls out, but it's a little different. It's not really social media, I guess. Sure. YouTube wasn't there. Right. And, and, and a lot of people came down and said, like, why isn't YouTube here? They're, because they're the biggest platform. Right. Um, one thing that really, really was cool about YouTube in the early days of their integration with Google is that they have always, always been, uh, checking ages and making sure that, uh, Content is age appropriate. Yeah, they, had, um, they had security protocols in place. Absolutely. Like, because they really didn't, they had some limitations on what content yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you could find some pretty racy stuff on there if, Absolutely. You, if you looked for it. Right. But they didn't make it easy to find. That and they, they had they, age age restrictions. You had to jump through hoops with age restrictions to right. be able to view some of the content. So they put protocols in place long before anybody else did. Absolutely. And the the option for creators to check this is not appropriate for kids under 18 and, you know, with your Google account linked and it has your real age on it, you can't watch these videos, right? Um, it's an interesting thing that they've been doing now where they will demonetize people's channels if there's excessive swearing or they're uh, selling a product without explicitly saying so. So they've been on top of all of the things that kind of make it, scary and dangerous to be on YouTube. Um, they have a, a kid's YouTube specifically. Obviously, there are things that fall through the cracks and and kind of miss. But as far as safety, as far as caring about kids and what kids see, YouTube has been on top of it since the beginning. Well, you mentioned the, the kid's YouTube, which from a content perspective, you know, they went down that road. It's like, oh, you know what? We've got such a big platform and we have different people that we cater to. Right. And beyond just the age, we need to break this up because people need to have access to it, but it needs to be age appropriate in a right. lot of cases. And they're like, well, the easiest way to do this, let's start our own kids YouTube channel, which was brilliant. Right. Because now, hey, I'm 16 or 18 or whatever that age limit cutoff is. And now I can go to the big boy right. YouTube channel they're going to keep those people. They're just going to transition them into that. Other Absolutely. Channel. But in the meantime, age appropriate. I mean, it, it's right. It's G rated on the kids YouTube channel. That's right. And they do a pretty good job of vetting that. Absolutely. And I mean, just the, even like the advertisements and the way that they run ads on that is a lot less uh, aggressive compared to, you good know, word. Uh, actually aggressive is yeah. because you take a look at the ad log algorithms on a lot of these other platforms, and they're extremely aggressive. Right. Uh, because they are using your personal data oftentimes to track what it is you're needing to be advertised. And for kids, it's a lot harder. So, you know, just simple things like other YouTubers, you know, often will run ads. Um, or, for example, yeah, like kids' products, you know. Um, and a lot of these YouTubers now that do specifically educational and kids' YouTube um have been really, really good and about getting their videos sponsored by companies so they don't have to run ads on their YouTube channel uh, so that the content is specifically educational or specifically for kids without having a mess of advertisements, you know? And it it really just goes to show that they have cared about this before a lot of these other social media platforms have jumped on it the way that YouTube have. So we talk about influencers quite a bit when we're talking about the social media yeah. side of stuff. and. Now that I'm thinking about it, and because you don't see a lot of social media influencers right. that have been in early, because sure. I, I, the term actually didn't exist until kind of 
Instagram and TikTok. Sure. Um, but there were social media influencers through YouTube channels. Right. Just wasn't called that. Right. They were doing it long before anybody else. Right. Before social media influencer was a thing, people were social media influencers on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it was easy to be viral on YouTube in 2007 to 2008 because you were just making fun content that a lot of people were seeing because there wasn't as much content, you know, and like I said, with integration. Uh, what TikTok's become now. Unfortunately, yeah, but TikTok is a, is a lot more scroll. It's a lot more instant gratification, whereas YouTube is a longer one. Exactly. Um, and that's why, I mean, a kid's influencer, for example, is someone who plays, uh, you know, a video game, like a kid's video game or Baby Shark. You know, those are the two, those are the two types of influencers, which of course is annoying to us, but that's music for kids. That was, I'm going to have that damn song stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Well, that's the way it's got to be, Steve. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. Well, the fact that it's crossed over is you. Everyone knows what it is and, you know, it, it's important to know that, like, that's the kind of thing that kids are getting, you know, exposed to for the most part, like young, young kids. And, but not detrimental. Right. It's it's good. It's catchy. It's educational. It's the same thing as Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. It's just Baby Shark, you know, and a lot of these songs are using the same melodies and things like that. But it's just interesting that Baby Shark is an influencer essentially, right? And they they have been able to spin off and do the shark family and like small television vignettes. And that's all because YouTube cared enough to take care of the kids as far as what content was. They were the first ones to really, really make it accessible and safe for kids to be on it, you know? I hate to admit this, Marina. Just cause. You, got, you got to do it. You know, sometimes I drive home in silence and <laughs> just sing Baby Shark. <laughs> 5 p.m. rush hour traffic. So if you see Jordan in the car next to you and his head's bobbing to that song you know, uh, he's listening to Baby Shark. It's just in my head. I don't even need to hear it ever again. Yeah, it's it's stuck in all of our heads. Uh, so YouTube a little different than the other social media yeah. platforms. And, you know, at the time, really ahead of their time. Right. Um, Because the content that wasn't being regulated in the early days was getting to kids and immediately they were like, okay, this is a problem. This is going to be a problem. We would like to take care of this and make YouTube for everybody. Well, and where I got introduced to YouTube was kind of, it, it was the music side of stuff because they actually allowed a platform where you could download all the music videos. Right. And I know I, I would go to parties where people were just pulling music off of YouTube. Right. And running it through the speakers, sitting there on their laptop, pulling up these YouTube videos. Right. And those were the songs for the party. And uh, because there was, it's it was kind of where, okay, what needed to fill the role after Napster got blown up? And, right. And sure. before Spotify, it was kind of, oh, YouTube filled that void. Right. And it was a pretty quick switch from from LimeWire, Napster to things like YouTube. You know, that was the next place. And you actually got the visual here. Yeah, uh, you may know LimeWire if you don't. You got sued over that stuff. Oh, yeah. Big Ma time. Yeah, Metallica was a big, uh, like, hey, you're stealing our music. And now they're one of the most streamed artists on Spotify. And they talk about it all the time. And I'm sure they are glad it happened. But they are, I'm sure they feel a little foolish not seeing that it was the next thing. You know, it was predicted for a long time. That's a whole nother story. But... Uh, program, yeah. But just to see, I, I mean, having the visual aspect of YouTube in the years after MTV and VH1 were kind of starting to not play so much they music. They waning a little bit. Right. It was more about the yeah. reality shows than... Exactly, yeah. Uh, you, know. you and I are old enough to remember when VH1 and 
MTV actually yeah. played music videos. Absolutely. And, you know, there were things happening like uh, like the show Pimp My Ride, right? That was a big MTV success. Um, they have a lot of, like, stunt shows. Crib. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. MTV Cribs. But, like, and that was kind of the, the culture of it. And it's interesting to see how that has shifted into YouTube and vlogging and personalities that have formed exclusively on YouTube, not any sort of, sort of celebrity before that, right? And now, I, I it's just... Crazy to see how yeah, why videos that yeah. my addiction on YouTube. It's like, okay, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah, some nerd on the internet gave away that information for free a long no, I, time. I, I, I had to replace a, a, a ore drain and power and yeah, how do I? Do yeah, exactly. You know, and before that it was this old house, right? But then you couldn't, you didn't have access to all that. But now right. there's an archive of those too, yeah. right? So it's just Google it, you know. Exactly. Every like YouTube, YouTube is pops up. is a great archive of these things and rehash of things that have been done in the past that are updates and things like that. And it's it's interesting to see how they have developed this platform that's music videos and viral videos for kids and making it a happier, safer environment for these kids. Whereas you know TikTok is completely the opposite YouTube in that way. So they got a little heat for not being there, but it's a different platform. Maybe they should have been there as the example of how you do it right. Yeah, I mean, but to be lumped in with those guys and actually show up is kind of a tough it, thing. It, it would have been. I'm glad they weren't there. But, yeah. Um, so what's next? Because quite often we see congressional hearings and, okay, and then what comes out of them? Nothing. So what's the next step? Okay, Zuckerberg stood up and apologized. Well, what next? You mentioned Florida and some of these other states right. that have different legislation and bills. Um, is that was the hearing there because, hey, this is the threat, and if you don't fix yourself, this is what's going to come. Yeah. I Is that it? I worry that it's going to lead to some hasty rollouts of things that are, quote-unquote, for kids that just automatically are going to be much, much worse. Um, So it's kind of, and I don't know what's, what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm I'm curious to see how these tech companies are going to not only own up to it, but fix their mistakes instead of trying to either cover it up or, uh, you know, backpedal. I think it's uh, it's it's safe to say that things are going to change, whether it's good, bad, the government's involved or not. It's Things are going to change, you know? Usually when the government's involved, uh, it's, it's not good. Um, it were, you know, the follow-through side. Sure. Especially with what's going on in Washington. The one thing that was interesting was uh, that was really a, a, a bipartisan... Yes, absolutely. And I was surprised who was attacking... And really going after the social media platform. Absolutely. It was everybody. And some of the Democrats were speaking out a little louder than the Republicans. Yes. And I'm like, wow, it's been a while since I've seen a little harmony through disharmony. Right. That was bipartisan in Washington. Yeah, I know. It's it's. It sucks to see how the the collaboration is unfolding, but it's good to see that, that if there's some collaboration. Exactly. If something needs to happen, it's we're not as divided as we appear to be, you know, and just, yeah, exactly. Hearing the Republicans, uh, you know, representatives go after Zuckerberg as well as the, like I mentioned, the, the senator from Vermont did the exact same thing and was not exactly poignant either, just aggressive like something needs to change or the government will get involved with this yeah, you know it's this or it's they're bottom lining it so from a social media perspective you mentioned it's like okay you're worried about quick rollouts right where do the social media platforms go from here if they heed the warning right then what are some of the things they can put in place do they look at a youtube and go okay 
They've got a lot of those safety protocols already in place. Right. Uh, do they borrow some of those? Uh, do they come up with some iteration of themselves that is because there's no one fix? No, no. And I think it would be helpful if they all had a kid's version of it. If you insist that your kid is going to be on a phone and scrolling, you may as well make a platform like TikTok that allows you to only scroll for X amount of time. You know, there are apps that offer that sort of service, but just kind of monitoring and also enforcing that sort of uh, like hard limits on stuff that is that are not easily sort of passed or lied through, you know, sort of like figured out a, a whole new business plan because Marlo and I do this all the time and we give it away free on the radio. So you know how there's the phones with the bigger buttons for seniors? Yeah, yep. Well, how about smart device phones for kids that only have these things Sure, for kids in them? So you're limiting, they can't just download uh, Facebook or Twitter. It, it, there's a kid's version and that's the only thing that could be on that device, yeah. but it's still a phone. You know, there's a phone called a jitterbug that does this exact thing where it's a speed dial and it only calls your uh, parents. Yeah. For so, But having a, a smart version of that that is exclusively for kids is such a good idea. So, okay, you and I are going to talk after the show. <laughs> we're going to figure out how to monitor it. We're, we're in here first unless somebody steals our ID because we just talked about it for free. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So, Marlo, would you like to apologize to our listeners or, or do you want to get a chip in your head? Oh. Wow. Not hard a decision. I think at this point I will just apologize. What am I apologizing for? I don't know. Channel your inner Zuckerberg. Okay. We apologize, so why not? Why not? That's right. Boy, Elon's been in the news a lot. A lately. lot. Oh, my goodness. The Neuralink, have you seen this thing? That this is, is why you're bringing this we up, We actually right? have the first, yeah, the first patient. With the Neuralink in the, Neuralink. the brain. Yeah. So he's really hoping that he'll be able to improve people who have. Yeah, we're starting on the medical side of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is where this Neuralink's going. Because yeah. And, and we file cord injury. We could talk down the road about okay, voice, whatever. I have a thought, and I just made a deposit in my bank account. Yeah, you know, or or somebody speaking to me in Chinese, and I've never heard a lick of Chinese or learned anything in my life. But now I, I can speak Mandarin. Speak it. Yeah, I mean, these are things that are. And my guess—they're not out of the realm of possibility, though. My guess is that this will be there'll be some type of data transfer from a brain sometime in the future. Wow. And then what? You move into a robot? Okay, so. <laughs> can I get one I, I, Okay, so I, I've upgraded from when they can stick my head on the monkey body? That's correct. Wow. So there was a thing at CES about three years ago, four years it's, ago. It's not as hairy. I could and get away with not using Mando or Lumi. <laughs> there, was, uh, there, were two, there were two beautiful people in the front in windows, right? dressed in these futuristic white garb. And then you go through this, and it was a bunch of people that were wearing white doctor type of outfits, hospital type of apparel, right? I'm still trying to figure out if you were one of the beautiful people. No. Okay. No. But as you go through there, they talk about how you move your consciousness from who you are now, and you get to pick the body that you want to be in. And they grow these people. 
they grow these bodies. And they had them in various stages of growth throughout the exhibit. You walked, it was a walkthrough type of thing, right? And what I, what I found interesting. Several sci-fi movies all rolled into yeah. one. What was really interesting about this is that there was at dinner that night, I was out with some of my reporter buddies and they all thought this was for real. I mean, it was set up in such a way that, that it looked real that in a few years, this company was working towards how you can move your consciousness into uh, a younger self, an older self. I'm sure most people put, would pick younger self. A couple original Star Trek episodes yes. coming to mind here. And, uh, Spock's consciousness. I was pretty sure it was not real. And, but I mean, I, I looked and I looked and I looked for that. And yeah, but finally, how do you tell if it was on Star Trek? Finally, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen, right? Well, obviously, I mean, we're kind of moving towards that. And, and anyway, it was proved, I mean, it came out that it was for a TV show. And I forget the name of the show now, but what was, what, what I found the most interesting about this is the fact that we live in an era where when it comes to science and tech, people believe that anything, anything is possible. Yeah. That's what I found most, whether you believe what we went through or not that day, but it was the buzz of the show for a couple of days and all, and, and it was not being let out that it was for a TV show. And people actually were believing that this was possible. So we have, we have, Somehow or another, in the last decade, move from you know, that we doubt these things to that it's obviously possible. But when you have devices that you walk around with that weren't even available a decade ago, that that you can now with AI, I can talk to this, and it actually has reasoning when it talks back to me. Nothing are falls you, under the category. Are you serious? Crazy talk. No, not anymore. Which means I'm relevant finally. Well, so think about it this way, though. How do you? get that innovation. So first of all, you have to lower people's preconceived notions, inhibitions, the wall, because everybody has a wall up. Well, my guess would be so, media, so, right? Yeah, you lower that wall. So that opens up a different level of creativity or consciousness. So, so they, now it, it's, this could really happen. It's kind of like your space elevator. Yeah. I don't think people, for the most part, people Other. don't think that anything is not possible anymore. Because if you can dream it, I think people believe now that it's possible. It might take a while to get there, but I mean, I think even 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 the possibility of uh, beating me up, Scotty. Yeah, we're I mean, transported. They've been working on this a little bit, and and I'm not sure if I want to be deconstructed and have to die so I can be re re reanimated on another level someplace else. I mean, that's kind of what they do well, right there's now. There's a couple of iterations of that. There. So Star Trek was the original, but Lily Wonka had a version that's of it. That's true. That's true. You and your movie. Maybe it could happen. Hey, so, it's in a sci-fi movie. It's either has been conceived somewhere because they came up with the idea or is some scientist somewhere is going to go, hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. It, it, it It's chicken and the egg, but if it's in a sci-fi movie, it could happen. But anyway, the Neuralink is now uh, implanted in its first uh, human brain. So I, I don't even know what my take is on this. I'm surprised at how quickly we got this. And you know what I we did that, here? Do you know how old this company is? How old? 45 years. Really? So it took them 45 years to get to this. I'm okay, going to 45 years of working on this. 
on the company called Neuralink. So I'm not really sure. I don't know the history and if they've been working on this the entire time. If Elon acquired them here in the last couple of years, I don't know the history of that at all. I just know it's been around for, I was stunned when I found out that the company is 45 years old. So what we didn't hear about, because usually with a medical breakthrough, like, and I'll call it a medical breakthrough because the ability for somebody who is paralyzed to get back some mobility. And that's what this is for. Um, we didn't hear about animal trials because usually you hear it's like, okay, they put them in a chimpanzee first. We didn't well, hear about any of it. Did that happen? I don't know. Was that the pathway? I don't know. I'm guessing that there had to be something. And there has to be something that motivated this individual to be the first. I mean, there has to be some medical condition that's going on that this person's lost all chance of hope of, what you know, with current medical. Yeah, getting out of the wheelchair. Whatever it is, yeah. right? So to me, that'll be interesting if we ever get to hear that story why this person did this. I mean... Because we've heard nothing. Nothing. Patient. I mean, is this person, does this person only have three months left to live and this is their gift to humankind? I mean, we don't know. We just don't know what's going on with the, why this person uh, has decided and or was picked. I'm guessing they had other candidates. They didn't just pick the first person that came up. So I, I don't know. I don't... I will be... I think it'll, all of it is very interesting. Because I know you were volunteering. They wouldn't want me anyway. <laughs> I think they want somebody who can actually concentrate on something for more than three seconds, right? Well, maybe the chip could do that. Cause that's the other part of this. So we're talking about the medical side of this, but um, you know, some of the medical conditions, we're talking about uh, paralysis right now, yeah. but um, epilepsy and Lou Gehrig's disease, some of these other medical conditions that are brain-related that they think that, this could make a difference. This could make um, a life-altering, life-changing, getting somebody back on the path of, of functional health. So I'm just reading. I'm on their website here. Their mission, create a generalized brain interface. In, excuse me. Actually, we'll just get to that in the next segment. Yeah, let's save that for a segment. Because this is going to be a whole lot to unpack. Absolutely. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to February 3rd on the National Day calendar. Today, we're savoring a dessert that sneaks in some veggies and remembering a tragic event in music history. Carrot cake, a sweet treat that incorporates the vibrant hue and subtle sweetness of carrots, traces its origins back to medieval carrot puddings. Nowadays, it's a popular dessert choice, often layered and slathered with cream cheese frosting. On National Carrot Cake Day, we honor this creative culinary invention that gives us a little nutritional boost with our indulgence. I love carrot cake. 
extra cream cheese frosting for me, please. I'm really curious about the medieval carrot pudding thing, though, where it came from. That sounds really interesting, too. I'm really interested in how it's nutritional at all. For like, Where is the nutrition in this? Little nutritional boost. I'm assuming this was just referring to other cakes, right? Just so you understand the line here. From the sweet delight of carrot cake, we travel back to a somber moment in music history. February 3rd, 1959 is often referred to as the day the music died. This is the day when talented rock and roll musicians Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper J.P. Richardson lost their lives in a plane crash in Iowa. Their loss had a profound impact on the music industry and is a tragic reminder of the fleeting nature of life. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail. Peggy Sue, Peggy Sue, oh how my Okay, what is your all-time favorite song? Well, of these three, I mean, I loved all three of them, but Richie Valens, uh, Odonna, and uh, um, let's see, La Bamba was another one, ah. right? So, yeah. Are you going to sing it? No. <laughs> We're honoring these individuals today. Remember that. I'm LaToya Johnson. I'm Marlo Anderson. Thank you for joining us on our journey to celebrate every day on Destination Celebration. Until next time, keep celebrating. How naughty is your city? By that, I mean, do you live in a city that's known for vanity, laziness, lust, greed, excesses and vices, hatred and anger? Those are the categories the website WalletHub used to rank 182 American cities. I live in Minneapolis, well, St. Paul, but I consider neither of the Twin Cities as particularly racy destinations. Still, Minneapolis came in 48th place, so what are the top hot spots for sin? From America's number one travel radio show, this is your Arm World Travel Minute. I'm Rudy Maxa. Okay, you knew Vegas would top the list. Houston ranked in second place, followed by Philadelphia, L.A., Atlanta, Denver, and in seventh place, Phoenix? WalletHub's parameters were interesting. For example, obesity, heavy drinking, and smoking earned points in the excesses and vices category. Miami at number nine was off the charts in the anger and hatred department. That considers homicides, hate crimes, and sex offenders, among other things. Pearl City, Hawaii was at the bottom of the list. Want to see how your city ranked? Visit WalletHub.com and search for Sin Cities. More travel info at armworldtravel.com. Hello, North Dakota. Joe Giganti, host of the regular Joe Show, now heard weeknights 9 to midnight here on Super Talk 1270. Together we'll tackle the hottest topics, be it politics, entertainment, or the culture, unapologetically through the lens of true conservatism, all while remembering to laugh and have a little bit of fun. You know, live life boldly. The regular Joe Show, weekday evenings starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. This is a special report from ABC News, U.S. Strikes Back. I'm Mark Remillard. The U.S. hitting dozens of targets in Syria and Iraq, a response to a drone attack in Jordan last weekend that killed three U.S. soldiers. B-1 bombers taking off from the U.S. and delivering the bombs, striking command and control headquarters of Iranian-backed militants, intelligence centers, and ammunition depots. 
ABC News contributor and former State Department official Steve Ganyard says the strikes are meant to send a message without sparking a wider war. Obviously, the president picked targets here that he felt would not further inflame tensions in the region, would not bring the U.S. into direct confrontation with uh, with Iran. And I think we can also expect in the coming days to see strikes on the Houthis in Yemen. The strikes appear to have stopped short of directly targeting Iran and senior leaders of Iran's Revolutionary Guard forces. Iran has denied being involved in the Jordan attack. This is ABC News. A Michigan jury expected to start deliberations next week in the involuntary manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of Ethan Crumbly, who killed four students at his high school in 2021. Prosecutors and her defense wrapping up closing arguments Friday in the first-of-its-kind case. Jennifer Crumbly, charged with those four unprecedented counts of involuntary manslaughter. The prosecution claiming she was too wrapped up in her own hobbies and extramarital affairs to pay attention to her son's cries for help. She walked out of that school when just the smallest, smallest of things could have saved, could have helped Hannah and Tate and Madison and Justin. Crumbly's defense attorney countering, claiming the prosecution cherry-picked evidence to turn the jury against her. ABC's Trevor Alt in Michigan. Carl Weathers, the former NFL linebacker who became a Hollywood action and comedy star, has died. He was 76. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. Super Talk 1270. Bismarck Area Weather. I'm meteorologist Mace Michaels. Dense fog advisory tonight for low visibility. Patchy drizzle in areas of fog, a cloudy sky, and a low in the mid-30s. For tomorrow, maybe a little sun by the later afternoon. We warm up to the upper 40s. A few spots may make 50. Sunday, chance of rain. Looking for a great place to live, shop, stay, and play? It's easy to get to Worthington, Minnesota. It's worth a look. Currently 35 degrees. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. schedule, updated local news, sports, contests, and more. Visit today at supertalk1270.com. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. The mission, the mission of Neuralink. Create a generalized brain interface to restore autonomy to those with unmet medical needs today and unlock human potential tomorrow. That's true. It's a lot in that statement. It's a lot in that statement. Here's the interface, Steve. Yeah, it, it's like a small watch battery. And it actually is cause it's it's actually unseen to the human eye. They actually implant this in the brain. Uh and I suppose I suppose most people, the hair would grow over it. Right. Yeah. 
Little scar. Most people. Most. Yeah. I, I wasn't. I was going to be nice. I was going. In your case, maybe a 30 hair comb over. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking that there might it's be a over the Yeah, there might be a button or two that a person could push, right? Right. I want Marlon to go to sleep now. Boom. And that would be that. Actually, can you program it to grow hair? That would be, you know, you never know. You never know. I mean, what are the constraints of, of that? If you're tapping into the brain and we only use 10% of our brain power and you can reprogram your brain to do a lot of things, you could maybe get your brain to go, hey, we're going to grow hair again and not just on your back. I'm guessing there's all kinds of opportunities yeah. here. So yeah, the N1 implant is hermetically sealed in a biocompatible enclosure that withstands physi physios physiological conditions several times harsher than those in the human body. So there's a battery in this thing um, powered by a small battery charged wirelessly from the outside via a compact inductive charger, much like your phone. What if you put one of those nuclear batteries? So that you do it. I'm guessing that that's a possibility sometime. And it lasts forever. 50 years at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just put your head on one of those charging the, mats for a while. It's what I want to know, right? You, you can charge your phone wirelessly, right? <laughs> and I can put my watch on this to charge it wirelessly, right? No, my but, watch is about to die. Yeah. Put it on your head. <laughs> <laughs> or your phone's about to die. Boop. There you go. Have a little magnetic thing right there so you can just mount your phone. You're one inductive charging pad now. That's funny. That is funny. So, uh, but yeah, it actually controls things. So you can use this device to control computers, robots, whatever, right? And you think it. So you're not far off about what you're, what you're thinking, right? So if you have a... Hey, I got a big family event, grow hair. Or, or you can find to a wheelchair. You can actually have a surgical implant now uh, where your back was broken, Right. And then on that other side of the spine, they can have a Bluetooth device. This is already possible, right. by the way. And and uh, now your brain communicates to it wirelessly, uh, and you'll be able to have function again. Beyond that, though, I mean, think about you could tell your brain to regrow those neural pathways. That you're just really heard. you're really all about that. I don't. I, don't, yeah. I wonder. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at it from the side that we only tap into 10% of our brain power. Right. Our brain is an amazing supercomputer, which we talk about AI all the time. But AI, which is sort of based off of your brain, but we've got room to grow. We got a lot of room to grow. And, and there's a, a thought process that AI is based on our brain, but we only use 10% of our brain, so that's the limiting factor, the constraint to artificial intelligence because we haven't reached anywhere near our potential yet. So can artificial intelligence reach its potential when it's based off of what our current potential is? It's a, it's a very interesting philosophical thought I've read into a little bit, and it's like, okay, there's I guess there's a point there, but... If we have the ability to tap into more of that, whether it's through this device or a combination of this and artificial intelligence, why is it not in the realm of possibility that you could tell your body, hey, I lost my thumb in a uh, saw accident in shop class. Grow me another one. 
So it's implanted with a surgical robot as well. So the threads of our implant are full fine. The threads, then I want you to really pay attention to that word threads. The threads of our implant are so fine that they can't be inserted by the human hand. Our surgical robot has been designed to reliably and efficiently insert these threads exactly where they need to be. So there are threads, and my guess would be that they're very similar to fiber optics type of thread. Right. Very, very thin that are being planted into your brain in you know, certain fiber optics are based off of human nerve. That's where the, the thought came from to, hey, maybe if we do this. Okay. That that's that would I, I just find that fascinating that and the other thing is so you, you can't just trust the device you're putting in there. There's no human hands involved in implanting this in you either. And the way they talk about it on the website here is that you know, it's been done many times over. We know it's only been done one time to a human. So my guess is that you're right. They've they've had to practice someplace. Disease. Whatever it is, right? So that's interesting to me as well. All right, the base structure. The base structure and motion stage provide the structural platform for the robot head and the primary three-axis linear motion used to position the robot head and needle. I guess I'm just reading through the... The actual surgeon, which, by the way, I'm going to show this to you. Look, Dad, no hands. Wow. So going back to, and we've talked about surgical robots, and but a lot of those surgical robots on the microsurgery side, it's in conjunction with a surgeon. This right. is just the robot. I would have to think that they have to have a doctor somewhere, right? A programmer. No, I think they still, in my, I don't think, I don't think you're, boy, I don't know. Maybe you can have surgery without a, without a doctor. Episode when they're well, reconnecting. Yes. Spock's brain. Yes. Yes. Bone like tapped into that smart machine and, and then he's starting to forget it was taking too long. Yes. Yeah. So do you tap into a, a, a surgeon's skill set somehow? Because there's a skill set involved, or is it all just the robotics? It's just incredible to me. It just really is. I'm just, I'm really just going through their website here. And their website's kind of hard to navigate too, by the way. So Elon, you need to do something about your website. Well, yeah, but... Uh, a lot of it. Okay. okay. All right. A lot right. of it's just the technical info too that's well, on there. There's all, there's all, obviously a doctor can't do this on his own, right? So, all right, the threads. This Dr. is what I want to get to. Yeah. The N1 implant records neural activity through 1,024 electrodes distributed across 84 threads. These highly flexible, ultra thin threads are key to minimize damage during the implantation and beyond. So that's how it talks to your brain is through. 124 or 1,024 electrodes through 64 threads. And the robot is what connects the threads. The That's correct. So it's it's almost like a spider web weaving a, a spider thread. Yep. Okay, so... So then from the thread, all right, so I'll explain this. Okay, but now think about this. If you're looking at um, the capacity to do that and whether there's a 3D printer involved that's doing this filament or 
you're, you can regenerate nerves at that point because that's the pathway by which our bodies communicate. So just keep throwing it out there and we'll nerve. chips and electronics. Advanced custom low powered chips and electronics process neural signals. So this is the implant now. Mm-hmm. So it's taken the neural signals that you're giving it. Move my finger, blink my eyes, eat that chocolate cake. Thanks for not saying pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so advanced custom low powered chips and electronics process neural signals, transmitting them wirelessly to the Neuralink application which decodes the data stream into actions and intents. Okay, so think about how, I mean, we don't think about, it's just instantaneously it goes off in your brain and you raise your arm. It, how fast is that processor? Oh, I'm sure it's pretty fast. Yeah. Might be slower than the brain, though. Probably. But still, I mean, you think it and then you move your arm that you couldn't move before. Yeah. Are you going to put up with I'm not a, complain. a hundredth of a second delay no complaints no complaints i don't care if i may not be able to catch a football but i can raise my arm right i can throw a football yep and odds are pretty good sometimes in the future you might actually perform better than most people with throwing a football if you have a neural link and and you're you're Six right million dollar man you're right about the because think I have to. I think you have to think about phones and how things have gone on there, right? I can bump my phone into yours, right, and transfer data, mm-hmm. basically my contact information. But it wouldn't take much for me to say, all right, I want to transfer. Well, I guess you do this now with photos and videos and whatever. But if I wanted to transfer a document or, or industry information or whatever, if that's already possible, and now this technology is in a chip in your brain and you have a neural link in your in your brain that's communicating with this chip with your intents and actions. If my action is share like what I'm seeing to Steve's screen on his phone. I mean, is, is this what we're opening up here? I, I'm still thinking about the cyber pickpocket. It's like somebody walks up to you on the street and headbutts you just to steal all your information. So, and then how, and then that's the other thing, right? So how much information is actually stored in this thing? I mean, is it is it actually... Are you Wi-Fi to the cloud? Well, that's what I'm wondering here, right? Is it all, is it all of a sudden that you, you are actually doing some type of data dump? It might take a couple of years because I think there's been estimations of how many billions of terabytes of information we actually hold in our head. Uh, but it's interesting that... that we actually have somebody who's trying to calculate how much information is in our head and how to gain access to that. So oh, I'm thinking Chinese spies right now. Oh, my God. Walking around, just collecting information. It's crazy when you think about what's going on here and what's possible. So, yeah. You don't is, need the secret agent glasses anymore. You just use your eyes. Well, and I think next here we're going to talk a little bit about a walk that Elon took a couple days ago. That is also very fascinating. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. Elon Musk goes for a walk with Optimus. Optimus Prime? He calls it his robot Optimus. Oh. There's Optimus walking. Not quite Optimus Prime. But not terrible for a robot, right? Not a transformer, but I, I would call that a stroll. Yes. 
very humanoid in movement, not moving very fast. I'm sure it has a stroll. I'm sure it's usually stroll. I'm sure it has the strength of, you know, 15 humans, though. I must break you. It's impressive. There's another robot I was watching the other day that was actually doing some type of gymnastics routine. Oh, I saw that one. Very nimble. Did you see that? Yeah. How nimble that thing is? It was like a tigger. It's unbelievable. It really, truly was unbelievable. Like, like, okay, so it wasn't mechanical. So, because mechanical can be blocky and chunky. Right. It was flexible and nimble. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. Not in robotics. So, let's, so all of this with robots, humanoid type robots starting to make an, more and more of an appearance. And we got Neuralink. I mean, you can't tell me that this is not where we're headed. That Elon must be thinking about sometime in the future, he's going to have his consciousness put into one of these machines. So Elon's going to control Skynet. He's 52 years old now, right? So he he has to be thinking about his own mortality a little bit. live forever. It has to the monkey body. It has to be. I mean, I don't. This is all for, I mean, the amount of good this will do for humanity is incredible. But I just feel like there's just all of this stuff just coming down the pipeline just so quickly now uh, that this Neuralink and they, they're talking about the size of the human brain, how much data is in there or whatever. Uh, I never even I never even dreamed that they were putting 64 threads of basically fiber optic cable attached to inside your brain someplace. And then they're taking that data and and basically uncompressing it so that the computer chip knows what, what you're thinking. I mean, really, this is what we're talking about here. Does it know what you're thinking before you do? Um, okay. Well, I, that's the next step, right? I don't know. I just, I am totally blown away by all of this. It's February of 2024. We were so blown away. At this time last year, a year ago, we were just talking about AI. Non-stop. Artificial intelligence this, artificial intelligence that. It's funny that we haven't really talked about that too much today. But now just, we haven't. But this is a result of AI. I'm telling you that right now. The, right. These advances that have happened in such a short period of time are all about the fact that AI has been involved and, and moving these things forward. And what's missing out right of this? Speed. What's missing out of this? What's, I don't The integration of AI with the chip. I, I, and with you can't tell me that that's not what's in there I, now. I, I'm not saying that that's not what I, driving. If, if we did a deep dive into that chip that's being implanted in the brain, I guarantee you that there's AI in there because there something has to be making some type of decision. How how are they decompressing the data that they're getting from you? Something has to be making a decision in there because it's not. I don't think it's a full blown computer. So then you have to have an AI type of chip that's in there that's making that's that's deciphering, right? I mean, that's able to think kind of for itself, and and yeah. What are you doing, Dave? Except in Elon's voice, I mean, chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> it's Elon's voice. Isn't that chocolate cake amazing? Oh, I'm not a cake guy. I like pie. That's so. This was this was interesting the other day. I was uh, um, some people have been getting a hold of. The Cybertruck, speaking of Elon, have you seen this? Yeah. And uh, um, so I guess 
I, I don't know this guy. He was just doing this experiment. He was going to CarMax to see how much they would give him for a Cybertruck. So when you buy a Cybertruck, you're not allowed to sell it for a year. I don't know if you do that. Oh, you got to hold on to it for a while. You have to hold on for a while because they're concerned about the people because they can't deliver them fast enough. So they're concerned about if you are lucky enough in the lottery to get one, that there might be somebody else there that's worth that's you only buy it. You don't drive it. You sit on it for a year and then it shows up at Meekum Auction. And somebody might pay two or three hundred thousand for it right. because there's they're difficult well, to get a hold of. Look right? over the price uh, when the electric trucks first came out, like the right. lightnings from Ford and right and the uh, I forget what it was called the the Hummer, the electric Hummer from GM. A waiting list forever yeah. on those. That's kind of waned as, right. as they've caught up with some of the production. But people were buying those, holding on to them, and then flipping them. Um, and making a lot of money in the process. Yeah, I would Im- I would imagine that with the Cyber Truck, it's going to be the same way for a while. This guy had one that wasn't even his. He just was going to CarMax to find out what kind of offer they would give him on this. Because there are people that are posted out there that will, they will give somebody two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 for it. So he was just curious if they would give him over sticker. Or I don't know the results of his I'm sure quest. well over sticker. Yeah, it would be interesting to see that, so... Yeah, he's been a busy guy the last... Actually, I saw a video on the Tesla truck, and it was on some diesel truck site, and uh, it was kind of stuck in the snow. It couldn't get up a hill. Well, yes. It was like... I think the issue is there's too much torque. It just just spin out. Yeah. Yeah. You can't slowly go up. So they're going to have to figure out something like a snow mode or something like that so it can just kind of creep along right away. Uh That would be the answer to that, I would imagine. Well, it's like uh, they've got crab mode in the the Hummers. Okay. So I guess it would probably be like a crab mode, but driving straight instead of... So is that with, with, with Neuralink and your significant other, if they're in crabby mode... (laughs) <laughs> Could you change that to sweet mode or whatever? I want that remote control or that app on my phone. I I, I have to have that. <laughs> so could I get that implanted? Oh my, my wife! Oh, erase all you, memory of what you, operation. You're just getting yourself in trouble, and, oh man! And I'm gonna push the button, and she's gonna be the sweetest thing ever. She is the sweetest thing ever. To you. <laughs> she makes me scotcheroos. You know she does. She hasn't made those for a while, though. She's been busy, too. We've all been so busy lately. You know what? That's the one thing. It, because, okay, you're going to have the ability to have different skill sets. And, you know, whether it's, say, hey, I can speak Mandarin right now or whatever it is. I guarantee there is no AI or no level of cyber anything that could improve Wendy's scotcheroos. That's true. I don't think so. Yeah. It's not going to happen. This is an interesting question. I was just going through here, going back to Neuralink. Will Neuralink be mandatory? What? Oh, hell no. Oh, I love your reaction. Oh, hell no. Neuralink is a company working on developing brain-computer interfaces technology, but its use is voluntary and not currently now mandated by any governing body. It is important to stay informed about technological advancements and make personal choices based on individual preferences and beliefs. Can you imagine? We've talked about the Chinese tracking software, and I I could see a 
a government like that going, you have to have that implant. And when the... I never even dreamed of this possibility. What happens when the population gets a little rowdy? Oh, my goodness. Push a button. Everybody's happy. Like I can make my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, welcome to Skynet. (laughs) Why are we laughing? Oh, I say it all the time. It's in a sci-fi movie. That's just crazy. Okay, currently, we'll get into how you can get Neuralink. You're listening to Technology Comes Alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. How are you available or how are you eligible for Neuralink? Do I want to be eligible for Neuralink? Well, well, as of right now, I'm guessing if you've got a medical condition that impedes your quality of life. So if you have quadriplegia... Am I saying that right? Quadriplegic? Well, they don't say it that way. It's P-L-E-G-I-A. Quadriplegia, I'm guessing. Oh, quadriplegia. Okay. Uh, paraplegia, visual impairment or blindness, the inability to speak, hearing impairment or deafness, uh, and or major limb amputation affecting above or below the elbow and or above or below the knee. So my guess is if you are missing a limb, you and they put a prosthetic on, and you could talk got to the Bluetooth, or yes, I still think they're not far away from being. If they can do the filaments, then not far away from reconstruct that neuropath. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, it's the integration. I forget the name of the company, but I know you've seen the videos um, from CES. Right. Oh no! And, and way before that, I saw, I saw all this way before that. Okay. I, I used to watch Six Million Dollar Man. Well, okay. Steve Majors was the first. He did it all. He did it all. Well, think about this though. Do you get your own soundtrack when you start moving that way. I do. <laughs> How long before? Because uh, uh, the U.S. Olympic skating team just got gold medals because somebody got busted for doping the gold medal winner. So everybody moved up. Yeah. Okay. So if you're, if a country or an athlete would go as far during the Olympics, because it happens a lot to dope. Well, if I put this chip in my brain, I'm going to shatter every new world record. Well, what happens if, if your country requires it? What if, you know, if China just says, all right, every every resident of China has to have a Neuralink, right? Oh. And then all of a sudden they start smashing all sports records there is out there. I mean, how do you quali- How do you disqualify an entire country based on a cultural thing? Because that's what they would they would argue that this is just in order to be a Chinese, you know, to be a member of of or to live in China, you are required. To do this, just like you're required to so, pay taxes or whatever. So if it's implanted, uh, is there a way to turn it off? I don't know. But even still, even if there was, like when you show up. A little scanner and it's what, off now. What, Go what, run. what stops you from having that implant and, you know, and that plant, that implant is the reason that motivates you to run that extra half hour a day over and above what you would normally run. I'm just using that as So you're example. increasing your training. That's correct. That's so so the the Neuralink would, would, yeah. I mean, you instead of working out 10 hours a day, you work out 12 hours a day because you have 
the mindset to do so, right? So I don't know. And then, so you have a competitive advantage anyway. Doesn't well, matter if you get off. U.S. Olympic Center. Where's it at? Colorado Springs. Correct. That altitude, you're training your body better. To I actually perform. drove by it. Yeah. Just, just so, what if you have the ability to not have to be at that location, at, or if you're in competition, you just dial it up a little bit and it's like, hey, my body's going to perform more optimally. There's all kinds of nefarious things to do with this. Here. All kinds. So, I mean, obviously we talk about the unbelievable ability for people who have medical conditions. I mean, what, what's, what would it be like to be 32 years old, have this implant put in, and now you can see? Wow. I mean, you think about that, right? Okay. Or you can hear. Now we're talking about the, how do you balance the positive, right. good, versus the nefarious bad. So, but the nefarious bad here that you and I are discussing. Somebody's going to go there. Per, person can see, person wins Olympics because they got the Neuralink implanted in them. You can't tell me that the, the people who can see far, far, far outweighs this little bit of bad that's going on because some of these sites are going to use a Neuralink to improve their... their Given, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is, right? I mean, you're always going to have that. People die from water, by the way. Did you know that? Die from water? Yeah. Like not drowning? Or however, yeah. But yeah, we need it to survive. True. I'm just saying. And if you enhance water a little bit, you know, you might even, or if you know the science behind water, there might be a, a, a physical advantage to you when training for the Olympics, for example. I'm just throwing that out there over above what you and I know. That this, If you have science behind that and you drink 8.3 glasses of water a day compared to the two and a half I drink and eight cups of coffee, that you have a, you have a better chance of making the Olympic team. I'm just throwing that out there. So if you have this implant, maybe you can be an Atlantean. That's, I mean, I don't know. I don't have like to, Aquaman. I don't have to shave my head anymore for Probably. optimal speed. So I shave your head now. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, what I meant by that. Yeah. You could talk, we talked about the mandarin. You could talk to fish and animals. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that the good just way outweighs the bad. You could be out swimming and Mentally tell that great white shark that's about to eat you that I'm not a seal. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. I don't taste like chicken. Nope. Go away. All right. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> There's a lot of possibilities. Wow. I can go anywhere. Yeah, you do. And you do. You do. I attempt to keep this on the rails a little bit. But sort of. today you've really, you've really been running off of them a lot, man. Who knew you're the straight man? Wow, that is <laughs> true. You but were the and I, squirrels. You and I both know better. How in the world am I the straight man in this collaboration here? That's what I wanted. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, Elon, you've given us a lot of things to think about today. Thank you for that, I guess. What is your take on all this? Besides... I, I'm weighing... When I first... Was it... Uh, 
the Monday I saw it in the news cycle. And I'm like, whoa. And I started looking into this uh, a little bit more and went, oh. And first place I went, I went down the road of all the positives, the medical advancement, the um, people that uh, have a disability of some fashion that you could fix. And think about the neurological um issues i mean something as simple as not that it's simple but autism or you could fix or cure all these different ailments and then i started thinking a little bit about the okay what is the downside what are the unintended consequences what are the because you know somebody's going to go there how can this be used for not good because you have to weigh that out yep and then you just scared the hell out of me when you're like, what if a country required it? <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know it's coming. Well, what if a country required a chip in your arm for all your banking needs and all your, how do you get in your house? and all, or, or your, dri- but, you know, your driver's like, well, we, your, have, we have kind of gone by it now. Kind of. Because for I don't whatever reason. I, 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 I've read about people that have had chips. Oh, yeah. Put in. There are people yep. who loved it. They yep. do. It, yep. It's possible right now. And it's because of the device we carry. I'm holding up my phone again for those of you listening. Yep. They can't see us, which is everybody. Uh, we'll have to change that one of these days, yeah. by the way. I mean, I'll get I might have a YouTube channel. I'll have two people watch the hairless and the... Well, I'm just, I'm just hairless on the top of my head. I spend more, by the way, per strand of hair to have it like styled and whatever else they do it to it now than I ever have in my entire life. They should charge by the strand, I think. Think of this, though. Put it, put it in perspective. Look at all the money you save on hair care products. I bought, this is funny, from the from where I go to, the salon that I go to, a year and a half ago, they bought, they, they sold me, I and mean, it's expensive, right, this shampoo and this, this conditioner. A year and a half ago, I have not used it all yet. They, every time I go in there, every three to four weeks, they're like, "Do you need any more?" Anymore? I'm like, "No, I still, I still have like half a bottle of conditioner left." I'm like, "I am never going to run out of this." This was a lifetime supply they sold. Well, hopefully not. My wife bought me a but, bottle of stuff like that, and it's supposed to help your scalp. And, yeah, and I've had it for several years, and she's like, "Does this? No, you just need a little dab." Yeah, you just it. need a little dab. That's the like, thing. Does this? Are you refilling this with something? Uh, no. I, I, it may be. Every time the shower's on, I take the cap off and run underneath the shower for two It seconds. may be multiplying on its own. I, I don't know, but it, it's, it's the never ending bottle of shampoo. But yeah, that stuff is so strong that you just need, if you put more than a dab, it just lathers up like crazy. So I just put a little bit on there and yeah, I got, I'm sure I got another year's left out of that thing. It's unbelievable. So you're right. <laughs> I don't feel so bad about paying $40 for a bottle of shampoo anymore when it lasts for two and a half years, you know. It's a pretty good deal, actually. Uh, it, it, yeah. Anyway. Cost per ounce. Yeah, yeah. Cost per strand. Yeah. <laughs> so you're freaked out by the potential of a country requiring... Yeah, I, I, I don't think this being the, mandatory. The mandatory. So do you think... Uh, so I'm just curious, like in the United States, I mean, are there states or communities that could require this? I think it's I think it's a tough play federally. I just don't know how you would, you know, in the United States, because we are, for the most part, a free people, but people choose to live in places because of the way they are. For example, people choose to live in Colorado because pot's legal there, right? So because is there are there communities that are going to pop up that are going to ban technology 
And there'll be communities that pop up that say, hey, we want to be embraced in all this. I love the fact that when I walk by this coffee shop, that my head tells me that Steve Bakken is in there having coffee right now. So you don't have to come in. <laughs> so I don't have to come in. That's right. That's right. Well, I, I, or I'm I, walking by and it, it tells me that there's a buck off on hot chocolate today. I you know? remember when drones were becoming a big thing. There was actually a community in Colorado that put a bounty on them. Yeah. Uh, it, hey, if you shoot one down, bring it into City Hall. We'll pay you for it. I truly believe that there will be communities across our country oh, absolutely. that are going to abolish technology to a certain level. Like you can have a smartphone, but you can't have any implants. I right? can't or remember whatever. what state it was, but. There was a state that was trying to pass, they were trying to pass legislation that allowed for dementia patients to get chipped. So you know how you have your dog chips, yeah. so if your dog runs away or right. gets lost, right. they can just scan it. Yeah. And, um, Find them. But it was more of, it, it did that, but it was also the tracking chip because people with dementia have a tendency to, to wander off. And they were trying to open up the ability to ship people with dementia so that you could track them. So you just pull up the GPS, like your dog tracker, and go, oh, Aunt Susie's over there, and go find them. Because, because, it, it just... So that opens up a whole... Oh, it does. Stuff, it, it? it does. I mean... I can see the benefit, but you're convicted now, for smoking pot in North Dakota, which is illegal. Yeah, so and it, but it's illegal to sell. Yeah, she was to chips you because they want to know that you're not going over. I mean, they have the little hey, yeah, right, yeah, the door door now monitor system, so but it's not tell if you're drinking. Or, yeah, so it's but it's not like you're you're being chipped, and then and then all of a sudden you have the neural link as part of that too. So so now what that 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 those thoughts that you're thinking or or whatever, oh, yeah, I should have another drink, you know, or whatever. Now this is going to some police department or some government entity, and this is how they spy on you. I mean, Bob had another drink. Yes. One over his limit. Right. That's right. So, 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 so you should, but you'll have people that, as I'm thinking that, I'm like, so somebody well, is going home, you drive by a police officer, and, and whether you're driving or not, you're in the car, you're over the legal limit, and then the cop can pull you over because they have a... They can tell you're over the legal limit. It's like, oh, sorry, we thought it was you driving, not the passenger, but can't you, differentiate. Not to not to get off. You know, although we get off the topic. Really? Do we get off of the yeah. topic ever? Speaking of that, did you notice that um, impaired driving was not the legal or the number one cause of deaths on our highways in North Dakota this year? I did. And by the way, we're just saying this because we are based in North Dakota. I have never seen this before. It was lane departures. Yeah. That is the first time that I've ever seen that. So do you think that rideshare and all of that have actually made such an impact now that we have less people impaired on our roads? Well, think of this, though, because I'm going to come at it from the other direction. Lane departures. What is that? I'm not paying attention. It's right. Distracted driving. It is distracted. Distracted driving. Texting and driving or yep. using your device. And yep. I'm watching this YouTube video. I'm not paying attention to the road. Well, I'm not saying that that's a better thing. Maybe, well, maybe maybe impaired driving has stayed the same, but these other things have gotten worse. Is that what you're kind of getting right. to? Yeah. So the lane departure is just, it's still impaired driving, but it's just a different category. Right, right. All right. I'll stop eating French fries when I'm driving down the road now. No, you can have the French fries. Okay. 
Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Marlo. Mr. Anderson. How are you doing? I'm thinking of another sci-fi movie where Mr. Anderson computers have taken us all over. Yes. Sorry, I was busy texting. Really? That's distracted. Did you depray your lane? Stay in your lane, Marlo. I'm staying in my lane. You might accidentally hit a squirrel. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, squirrels alone. Squirrels rule the world, you they know. They do. Yeah, yeah. All right, so enough of this doom and gloom. You're going to love this next invention. No more doom and gloom? This is incredible, by the way. Well, I mean, incredible in as how much you and I are going to get to use this. Is it bigger in a bread box? No. Can I eat it? No. Because I'm kind of hungry right now. I am too. I haven't had my... Normally, I have a bag of Cheetos and... Let's go, to, let's go out for food after we're done with Yeah, this. I haven't had a bag of Cheetos today. Do you need Cheetos? No, but that's kind of my crutch on the show. Yeah, yeah. Bag of Cheetos during the show. I have no food at all. In fr- yeah, you're right. Usually one of us is crunching on something, so that's kind of amazing. This, to me, is something that's going to really get used a lot. Ambient uh, Photonics is has created a solar cell... It's a dye-sensitized photocell. So it's able to capture full-spectrum light, not just a particular wavelength of light that you can use to transform into electricity. That's what most of them do. Right. This particular dye-sensitized, or this particular photocell, uses the entire spectrum, the full spectrum of light, and it can use it from light bulbs, TV screens, uh my the Google device that's right next to us over here. I mean, anything that emits light, it can actually use that light and create power from it. So, I'm sure you've seen the calculators that are run by solar power. They got three or four cells on them, you know, and, and you can make some quick calculations on them or whatever. But if you ever, the 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 true experiment with that is that you take your finger and put it over one of the cells. So let's say there's four of them on there, right? So you to fade. Yeah. It won't fade or it'll just shut down totally because they run in series. So if you put your finger... It matters on which one you put your finger on? If you put, if you, well, if you put your finger over top of one of them and it, and it takes away the light source from that one, even though the other three are getting light, it won't work. It's not that it fades totally. It'll actually just stop working because it can't transfer the electricity through it anymore. I guess I haven't held my finger on long enough. Most people don't know this, but I'm just sharing that. With a dye, with this particular thing, it doesn't matter. You can put your finger over any part of it because it's just one big cell because it's a dye-sensitized cell. And they're going to put these on remote controls, garage door openers, calculators, mice, keyboards, any of these type of things, and you'll never have to change the batteries again. Because, I like that. You, like, you scare me with the mouse uh, scenario. I'm like, oh my gosh, my cheese is never safe. <laughs> but imagine like in here, right? The studio, I mean, what does it get used? 15, 20 hours a week probably. So right if now. you're watching TV or working on your computer, you can power the device you're using by using the device. Or, or the, at least the light being cast down onto it, right? So the remote control sitting there in your living room, which is dark most of the time, but there's enough light that comes from when you turn the lights on, you know, to go sit down or whatever, and you use the clapper to turn them back off. Yeah, I'll turn the lights back on the studio now. Sorry about that. Um, you didn't know this place was run by clappers, did you? I did not. <laughs> Love that technology. Anyway... 
I get that song stuck in my hands. Land Mahal Island Club. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to turn the lights back on. <laughs> I should have. Damn it, Marlo, those aren't pillows. I should have never, ever shown this to you because now you're just going to turn the lights off and on all the time. Uh, What's that song? I can make your hands clap. Yeah. <laughs> but the light from coming from the light bulbs in here will then now charge your the calculator, your the remote control that's sitting over here, the keyboard and the mouse that you're running. You'll never have to change the batteries in those again. Isn't that cool? And I'm sure there's a million other reasons or reasons that you can use this stuff. So putting that into a cell phone. So I could see that happening. So they say this is three to five times more um, efficient than regular solar cells. So you've seen the like the cases, right, where you can buy a case and it's covered with solar cells in the back. And they have a little battery in them. They they claim you get a little bit of extra boost, but not a, not a lot. You're right. If it's three to five times more efficient, what was 10 minutes is now 30 to 50 minutes, right? That's pretty significant, especially in the cell phone life. And if you're... If you have the ability to, you know, in the evenings, if you're if you're putting your phone down in a place where there is light, then it probably would charge up quite a bit while you're sleeping. So there's all kinds of great stuff here. You know, that emergency phone that you leave in your car, maybe that we we talk we haven't talked about this for a while, but like in your um, uh, winter survival kit, if you live in the northern part of the United States, you should carry a winter survival kit. Two things that you should have in there is a backup phone that you don't use anymore, one that you maybe got rid of three or four or five years ago. You throw that in there, freeze, fully charged, and then you have a backup, uh, one of those battery backups as well. It only works if you park your car in the garage at night. Well, they freeze. Cell phones can freeze. Yeah, they, the touchscreen ones. They can freeze, but if you're not using them a lot, you, you don't have a phone because you're not... Um, touching them you know it'll but you're right i mean they, they'll degrade over a while uh but anyway um i was getting to something and you just took me away from that but that that particular phone if you left it in the sunlight all the time right that would actually be fully charged all the yeah. time that was one thing in your winter survival kit what was the other thing you needed the battery the backup battery ah you know so you can actually extend the life of your cell devices or whatever because the phone if you if your car goes dead run out of gas or whatever in the middle of a blizzard, you're not charging your phone. That's correct. So you want to make sure that you have the ability to keep that phone charged, which where, where the solar stuff would really still help. And, I mean, who knows? I mean, the cell phone... But how much light are you getting in the middle of a blizzard at 2 o'clock? Well, not much there, but 2 in the afternoon, there's enough. There's still enough light that enough ambient light light to yeah, get through. Yeah, and this is this is using ambient light to make it. It's not direct sunlight that we're talking about here. Direct sunlight would work better, but it does work with ambient light as well. That's what's that's what makes this really interesting, which is probably why the company is called Ambient. How ironic. How ironic is that, right? Yeah. So there you go. I think it's a cool, cool invention. And I don't think we've even scratched the surface for what this could possibly do um you know things like i mean even the microphones that we're talking into that are that are wired uh because of the the because they're oh, what are they called dlrs i forget powered yeah they're powered yeah powered microphones um it's possible that these could be wireless now because we wouldn't have to worry about a power source and then they're just bluetooth right that's exactly right 
which would be crazy convenient for us to be able to do that because we, you know, the thing with you, the reason you use wired microphones is simply because there's a better quality with them and they're just, you come in, you turn your board on and they're on. You don't have to worry about batteries or anything like that. So a little preamp in the board. Yeah. Probably the microphone. You didn't have to worry about that. Then there'd be no use, no, no re- reason to have a powered microphone. Any. For example, I just think that they're in your car, in your home. There are just so many uses, you know, even like, even like light switches that you put, you know, nowadays you can buy a light switch that will communicate to your wireless light bulb, right? And you don't have right. to wire the light switch. You can actually put a light switch on the wall and then it communicates to the light bulb section. That itself needs batteries. But now you wouldn't need batteries on that anymore. So everything would be totally wireless all the time and not ever need those that battery connection uh, to make it so. So I just love it. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. And now, time for this week's edition of Ranching Issues. Here's Neil Roberts. Welcome to another edition of Ranching Issues. Our guest this week is NDSU Extension Forage Specialist James Rogers from the North Central Research Extension Center. And James, talking bull sales again in this report, as we did the other, what is a good tool for a producer to use when selecting that bull? So when you go to these bull cells, these bulls will be young and they don't have any progeny yet. But the tool you do have is expected progeny differences or EPDs. And these purebred breeders nowadays, they will provide you with those EPDs. And there's an accuracy value associated with each trait within those EPDs. The higher the accuracy, the more confidence you're going to have that that bull's actually going to do what he says he's going to do on the paper. Now remember how to use an EPD. You use it to compare one individual to another. So an example would be if a bull had a weaning weight EPD of 50 and you compared him to another bull that had a weaning weight EPD of 75 pounds, well, bull B would have a 25-pound advantage in his calves at weaning. All right, good stuff, James, and more on buying that bull when we come back. Pry Angus Ranch sale is Sunday, February 4th, selling 125 performance-tested yearling bulls, 35 registered bred heifers, and 30 commercial bred heifers. You can view the catalog at fryangusranch.com. The sale is at the ranch south and west of Granville, North Dakota, 1 o'clock Central Time, with a complimentary beef lunch before the sale. Fry Angus Ranch sale, Sunday, February 4th, south and west of Granville, North Dakota. Dakota. Fry Angus, the brand of performance. BTO is back. Bachman Turner Overdrive featuring Randy Bachman. Back in Overdrive Tour. Saturday, February 17th at Four Bears Casino and Live. BTO Live. Tickets on sale now at fourbearscasino.com or 800-294-5454. Fun bus is available. Talking buying that bull for cattlemen today on Ranching Issues. And James, how about crossbreeding? 
Crossbreeding and heterosis, I think, is a huge tool that a lot of commercial cattlemen probably don't take as much advantage of as they can. And one of the big advantages with crossbreeding is an improvement in reproductive efficiency. The reproductive traits are fairly low in heritability, so when we use crossbreeding, we can actually get a big boost in those lowly heritable traits like reproductive efficiency. Good stuff as always, James. That puts a wrap on this report. Until next time, I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Ranching Issues, brought to you in part by the Fry Angus Production Sale, by Four Bears Casino and Lodge near Newtown, North Dakota, and by Bremer Bank. Contact Bremer for your ag banking solutions. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale. How pets might be stressed at your Super Bowl party and what to do about it. Next, Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health wants you to know that your dog can be at risk of heart disease. By screening for a heart murmur, abnormal heart rhythm, or heart enlargement, your veterinarian will be able to diagnose and possibly treat these signs earlier. There are medications that can help delay the onset of congestive heart failure or manage the symptoms of heart failure once diagnosed. Talk with your veterinarian to see if your dog is at risk and schedule that ever-important annual exam. Early detection is best. It's not that the pets are worried about which team wins the Super Bowl, but maybe anxious about all those people at your party. Ask your veterinarian about a product called Zilkeen, which is merely hydrolyzed milk protein and perfectly safe, or check out the website, fearfreehappyhomes.com, with lots of tips to minimize anxiety. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Dale. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the VIEW Community Credit Union Studio. This is a special report from ABC News. U.S. strikes back. I'm Mark Remillard. The U.S. hitting dozens of targets in Syria and Iraq. A response to a drone attack in Jordan last weekend that killed three U.S. soldiers. B-1 bombers taking off from the U.S. and delivering the bombs, striking command and control headquarters of Iranian-backed militants, intelligence centers, and ammunition depots. ABC News contributor and former State Department official Steve Ganyard says the strikes are meant to send a message without sparking a wider war. Obviously, the president picked targets here that he felt would not further inflame tensions in the region, would not bring the U.S. into direct confrontation with uh, with Iran. And I think we can also expect in the coming days to see strikes on the Houthis in Yemen. These strikes appear to have stopped short of directly targeting Iran and senior leaders of Iran's Revolutionary Guard forces. Iran has denied being involved in the Jordan attack. This is ABC News. A Michigan jury expected to start deliberations next week in the involuntary manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of Ethan Crumbly, who killed four students at his high school in 2021. Prosecutors and her defense wrapping up closing arguments Friday in the first-of-its-kind case. Jennifer Crumbly, charged with those four unprecedented counts of involuntary manslaughter. The prosecution claiming she was too wrapped up in her own hobbies and extramarital affairs to pay attention to her son's cries for help. She walked out of that school when just the smallest, smallest of things could have saved, could have helped Hannah and Tate and Madison and Justin. Crumbly's defense attorney countering, claiming the prosecution cherry-picked evidence to turn the jury against her. ABC's Trevor Alt in Michigan. Carl Weathers, the former NFL linebacker who became a Hollywood action and comedy star, has died. He was 76. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. Super Talk 1270. Bismarck Area Weather. 
I'm meteorologist Mace Michaels. Dense fog advisory tonight for low visibility, patchy drizzle and areas of fog, a cloudy sky, and a low in the mid-30s. For tomorrow, maybe a little sun by the later afternoon. We warm up to the upper 40s. A few spots may make 50. Sunday, chance of rain. Looking for a great place to live, shop, stay, and play? It's easy to get to Worthington, Minnesota. It's worth a look. Currently 35 degrees. The next greatest generation is now. By joining the North Dakota Army National Guard, you continue to live life with your goals in mind. Whether choosing to go to school or work at your chosen profession, your service in the North Dakota Army National Guard allows you to build your future your way. The North Dakota Army National Guard allows you to serve your community and your nation while enjoying life right here at home. Live here serve here. Join the North Dakota Army National Guard today. Your destination for travel news and ideas. RM World Travel. Sunday morning, starting at 5 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Are you familiar with Moab? Moab? And that not Moab Valley, like like in Nevada. Uh, uh, character from Actually, that's Moab Valley. Yeah. yeah. Character from June. Moab? Moab. M-O-A-B? Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, Moab. Okay. Character from June, which the second iteration of... I'm a big Dune fan. Obviously. And, and when Dune movie came out and they rebooted it, because I actually have a director's cut of the original. Okay. And... Great, like six hours long. It's a great, great movie. Um, little hokey with the special effects, but they had the new one that came out, right? And I was like, get halfway through and I'm like, crap, this is only half the movie. What's going on? It's coming out this spring. I'm excited. I bet you are. Yes. Cool. Cool yeah. beans. So, man. Dune 2. Cool Dune. Rest of the story. So they had a Moab. It's got its own acronym now. Uh, the mother of all of all breaches. Have you seen this? Of all breaches? All breaches. So 29, 29 million, 29 billion, excuse me, accounts were breached. Whoa. And those are 7 billion people in the, you know, on, on the planet. Yeah. So you're talking like all of them? Like, yeah. I mean, you, you I don't know what the average secured account you have per person is in the in the world but obviously it's more than 29 billion i guess what kind of accounts are we talking like well bank so, account and so the, yeah and i mean medical x was in major now facebook was in there and and uh yeah twitter was in there i think that's before so what's interesting about this is that there has been no rush about you know letting people know that this has been going on okay and I'm just, i'll just read some of this uh, just to get a sense of the breach's scope, the newly discovered database contains over 3,800 folders, each containing records from an indiv- from an individual data breach. So there's 3,800 separate 
data breaches within this. As such, it seems that these breach records were compiled over time to create this database. So this is stuff from three years ago, five years ago, who knows how long. Within that list of 3,800 folders, it includes major brands and entities such as Twitter, 281 million records, LinkedIn, 251 million records, Evite, uh, 179 million records, Adobe, 153 million records, and leading the way with breach records is Transit, with 1.5 billion records exposed. Well, researchers also discovered, and this is to me where it really gets crazy, or at least scary, also discovered that the leak contains records from government organizations in the U.S., Brazil, Germany, Philippines, Turkey, and other countries. So even U.S. documents, and my guess would be, you know, what do you got in the, in the with the U.S.? Well, IRS is probably one, um, DOT, another. Um, so I can't tell you, there's two things that you need to do, Steve. Pay attention to me now. Yeah. I know you're texting now, too. You're distracted hosting as well. I stayed in my lane, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But there's two things that we need to do. First thing, knowing this means that you you should be changing your devices um, or your account's passwords. All Man, of them. If they, if, if what if I can't remember them all? I know. It's such a pain, right? Problem is that they do. So you got to figure it out. And if you're like me, and this is this is the thing that I think is really interesting. Yeah, what do you do? You got like 8,000 emails. Oh, my goodness. Passwords are the bane of my existence. I have to tell you. I, so do you trust your device to go, hey, we can save your password? No. I don't either. But I've noticed lately that I'm, I'm succumbing to the laziness because it's so time-consuming to look stuff up all the time. And I do have uh, a place that I handwrite my stuff down yet because I just don't <laughs> trust it. And, and this is why. This is why I don't trust it because... Is that every sticky note under your keyboard? Everything, yeah. And, yeah. But, but, but know that I have a special code for that. So if it does say chicken, it means... Oh, fish. okay. Yeah, just so you know. Um, Eat more chicken. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, he's more cow. Why am I hungry all the time? I don't know. The um, Chick Fil A does sound good. Though. Yes, it does. The you just need to change your passwords. You need to get in there. And the other thing you can do if if you're allowed with these accounts and there's more and more of this is to get that second factor authentication. So oh, text yes. your phone or emails you or something like that with a secured passcode. Okay. The radio station started that authentication yeah. stuff, and I'm like, no, I don't want to sign up for something. Yeah. Because I, yeah, what if you don't have your phone with you? Then you can't get into anything. And that does happen occasionally. In fact, it happens to me more often than I realize. I, I, you, you've actually analyzed me how often I walk out of my house without my phone because subconsciously I don't want to be attached to the device anymore. So well, the other thing that I think really that they, that maybe something places haven't really thought about yet is like you have an account that's shared with staff, with your coworkers, right? Right. Um, and I, I'm trying to give you an example, like a Google Cloud scenario or a Dropbox or whatever that you that you share. And I'm not saying that you know we 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 have the seats, right? But there's one admin to this, right? And you give somebody else in your in your crew administrative access. 
So they go sign in and because they, they urgently need a document or something that's in there. And who do you think gets the text? Me. Yeah. And I'm sitting in a mountain range right now doing some event for fruitcake toss day, right? I'm just bringing this up because this is why there's a fruitcake in there. Yes. Okay. That's correct. I had a piece of fruitcake. Was kind of... How was it, by the way? How oh, was it? Oh, I mean, we just opened it. it tasted like fruitcake. Well, yeah, but there's, they're like Twinkies. They last forever. I have no idea. They make good doorstops. I think it's heavy, isn't it? It's very it's heavy. In heavy. It's crazy. Yeah. I've never had um, the security and I have all the clearances, right? As you know, I mean, I walk through security in airports like nobody's business nowadays. Cause NASA it, lets you in. They scan my eyes and I just walk right through, right? So, so I love that part. A lot of it's just because I fly a lot and I just wanted to get all the clearances. Uh, I've never had five people come over and go through my bag. That but I was recently. carrying a fruitcake. <laughs> Food is like a, a, a thing. Because my wife, when we travel, she's got to pack snacks. I'm like, we don't need to pack snacks. Yeah. We always pack snacks. Yeah. It's like... Does she, does she get, does she have the security get her? Oh gosh, yeah. Really? But yeah, it, it's a food thing. If you've got food, you're flagged. They had to, they had to unseal the box because it was in a sealed box. And of course the guy that was doing this and he had three other people there. I mean, I, I'm not sure why it took so many people. Maybe it was the weight of the fruitcake. I don't know. Or the density of it. Well, they're dense. Was your fruitcake picking? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, so they unseal it and then they, then they see that the, did they sample it? So the metal thing, and the metal thing is, of course, sealed with that plastic wrapper on it. Right. So they had to take that off. They had to take the top off, examine the fruitcake. How do you, how do you examine a fruitcake? Well, they didn't take things and punch it in there, I guess. So, but they had this swapper thing that they ran across it three or four different times. Was it sanitary? I do not know. I'm glad you had a, a taste of it. And anybody else that comes in the office, I feel okay. You know, should know that that security actually swabbed the fruitcake quite a bit. So you start passing out pizzas. <laughs> Here, try this. Let us know if you're okay in five minutes. I don't even know. Oh, we were talking about Moab, the mother of all breaches. How <laughs> did we get to my security thing? Not to be confused with the mother of all breaches. Oh my goodness, mother of all breaches. So, yeah, change your, oh, yeah, that's right. So I got there and, and, uh, so second factor authentication, you need to make sure that at least the person who's getting the text is able to get the text because if you don't, and don't leave your that, phone at home and don't leave your phone at home. That's why we got on the track. Yeah. So I was talking about, cause I have this bad habit of, ah, halfway to someplace I'm going, I'm like, I need my Then I would not go back and get it. But yeah. I gotta get into it in the mail. So they should have, you know, maybe another way. I don't know what that other way would be, but but it does thwart, I think I read one time, it's over 95% of yeah. all hack attempts have been thwarted because of second factor authentication. So Well, it's that Microsoft Authenticator. It is the one. Makes, that it really makes a big difference. So, so, you know, do that. Odds are very, very high that you've been breached. I'm just, I can't emphasize that enough. So please change your password. I have noticed lately there's been a lot of erroneous friend requests. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'm not on social media that much, but I, I've got, a, and, and I always go back and look. I'm like, wait a minute. If I get a friend request, I'm probably already friends with them. And there's a lot of them that, no, I'm already friends with them. Yeah. 
And one I clicked on because I wasn't sure. And then sure enough, started this conversation with me. And I'm like, hey, have you heard about this? You should go on this website and, you know, get free government money, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, he's not sending me that. So delete that one really quick. I'm texting again. I'm a friend. So, yeah, but I've noticed there has been a plethora of friend requests that uh, now I know why. Right. Because it was the it's very possible. mother of all Moab breaches. Yeah, mother of all breaches. It's a great name. I, I love that the fact. I love the fact that it, it evoked this really large pant image. Big twenty nine billion accounts. Can't emphasize that enough. And so only seven billion people in the world. I'm glad you said that because this means that the odds are really, really, really good that something you have out there has been breached. So, so change your passwords. But what if I can't remember my MySpace password? <laughs> I, I still have an account. Do your best to change your passwords. This is the thing I was going to get to, by the way. Because how many dead accounts are out there? There's a lot, of a course. Lot. And, but this is the thing about people, and I, I'm guilty of this too. You know, you use one password for how many different accounts? Right. Because you don't want to remember 18 different passwords. So if you're breached over here... And it's for this. They'll be like, well, yeah, but Steve Banks at blah, 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 bank. I wonder if this. Oh, look at that. It got me in. Well, see, I'm smart there because I don't use the same password for financial. Well, that's a credit. very, very smart thing to do. That. But most people do because they want the ease of access to all of their accounts, not just financial. And we're back with the Tech Ranch. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. At CES. The one of the big buzz products was transparent TVs. Did you see these? Cool. Actually, they're transparent. You can't see them. You can't see them. It's like Wonder Woman's jet. It's in. Well, it's not invisible. Not invisible. It's it's kind of uh, actually her her invisible jet. Air quotes for those listening at home. Uh, her her invisible jet. And in my chair. It wasn't invisible. It was transparent because. You could see the outline and kind of shape of the right. plane. So that's not invisible. It was just, it was trans. Because it's a real thing. It was, yeah, it was a real thing. Because it's in Wonder Woman. It's more. The series, not the movie. Oh, okay. So yeah. for sure it was real then. It was real because it was the TV series. Yeah, yeah. Because anything that's on TV is. It came on right after a $6 million man. Okay. Oh, you I kill me. Oh, it's just funny. Just funny. All right. Transparent television, though. So LG has a transparent TV. Not invisible. Wonder Woman was <laughs> not there. Just so you know. Oh, at least I don't think she was there. Look at the marketing. Oh, my goodness. They should have. Yes. But so you can see through it. You can see through the TV screen. So no back on it. No back on it. No, you. Electronics. No. You can. There's actually a, a thing on the remote control to uh, bring a backup like a screen you would see at a movie theater or something, right? Because I think sometimes if you're in front of, if you hang it on a wall and the the picture might not be as clear as it should be because you're on a white background or something like that. But I will tell you, the picture is awesome. It's kind of like a projection TV, but without the projection. Well, it's it's actually LED, OLED, but the but the pixels are so thin. That you can see through them. And the wiring is so thin that you can see through it. Filaments. Pretty amazing when you think about it. 
but the picture is amazing. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to spend $7,000 for a 60-inch television yet, but I'm sure there'll be some early integrators. But I'm how long right before oh, the price point comes down? Next year, it'll be 2000 Okay, because I, yeah. I remember I was at a national championship football game. It was Alabama versus Texas at the Rose Bowl. And one of the things they had in the VIP section that we were in was because they, they tented off the sides of the stadium so everything was like around the stadium except for where the players were in the middle of the field um, or middle of the sidelines um, was all VIP areas. And in the one we were in, they had a 120-inch thin, thin, like maybe light cardboard thin okay. television. Yep. Pick it up with two fingers, right? Yeah, but 120 inch. Yeah, that's an insane size. I mean, it, it, but the picture quality on it, because I remember this because after halftime with the fireworks, it's smoky in the stadium. It's a better picture on the TV than it was watching it live. Is that something? Yeah. And the price on that, $110,000 for a 120 inch yeah. TV. But the price came down quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember going that was through. back in. Gosh, uh, I don't remember. I'd have to look that up now. I was at CES probably four or five years ago, and one of the brands had partnered with Best Buy. So you go over to Best Buy to look at the $100,000 television. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, you know, there's just that point, right? If you spend $2,000, you get this. If you spend $100,000, you get this. But it's it's better but is it, is it $98,000 better? You know, that's the point that, that you have to kind of take away from those type of things. But I think of it this way, though. Look where we came from. Because I remember being young and impressionable in my room with my two black and white televisions. Of course. Because I could use the UHF and the rabbit ears and get the picture on one and the volume on the other. And the pirating signal, weren't you? Free HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was pirated signal. Signals. It was about the boobs. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm not gonna lie. Was, uh, wow. I was typical teenage boy. Wow. It's it like oh, I could focus in boobs. <laughs> <laughs> HBO was a big thing back then. Still kind of a big thing. Well, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not a teenager, black or, and white. Yeah. TVs to yeah I know it's really it's really amazing how things have changed and I don't think my folks ever figured out why I had two TVs in my bedroom right next to each other. things we got away with when we were kids right or teenagers uh-huh. uh huh but yeah so the LG so the LG transparent TVs I'm sure there'll be other brands that'll bring these out and I see them mostly LG LG I do believe that. You know, I don't think it's gonna be fast integration, and who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll even disappear. I don't know. But well, that 120 inch that was a Sony product. Okay, I remember that. I think that uh, I see it. I see this being used a lot in retail, like in show windows, right? Oh, or you know, you're at a fancy restaurant, and you know, you have the the view of the ocean or whatever through a window. Well, why couldn't you put this over that window? And if it's a crappy cloudy day you could still have you could just put that image right back on there 
So you'd have that beautiful view of the ocean again. Or I mean, these are just things that I think are possible. Um, of course, advertising comes into play here too. You know, make sure you get the nineteen ninety nine all you can eat shrimp. At blah blah blah. Where's right that? There. I'm in. <laughs> We've already established we're hungry at, at nineteen ninety uh, all you can eat. Does somebody shrimp? have all you can eat shrimp right now? I don't know if they did. I'm there. Wow. They better they better lock the shrimp supply up. Yeah. Well, so necessity. The the one thing about technology is is it necessary? Right. So is there a necessity with this? Because a couple of the examples you mentioned also could be quite simply served by a heads up display. That's true. So again, necessity. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some cool factor to it. I just don't know if it's totally necessary. But there's some places, like I said, that were probably adopted. And then because it gets adopted there, they're able to make more of them. That's the thing, right? I mean, it's, it's economies of scale here. If they can only sell 10 a year, they're going to go bye-bye. But if they can start selling 100,000 a year because some industry picked them up and started using them, that'll start to drive the price down a lot. And before you know it, we're able to put transparent TVs up on our walls. The cool thing about it is, at least in my opinion, is that you can have these transparent screens on your wall and then you have pieces of art in them or whatever, which you can do now with a regular television, but you still have that frame around it, right? This now will look like you have a canvas or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's your television. So you can have the Mona Lisa up on your wall right. at your house right. minus the soup. Yes, that's correct. What does soup have to do with it? Well, the climate change people threw soup on oh, the Mona Lisa. I did not know that. Yeah, they were protesting. But, of course, she... Are you serious? Yeah. But she's in, did, they, did they damage it then? Oh, she's in this, like, bulletproof case. Okay. Interesting. But they threw soup on it because apparently soup helps the planet, I guess. Okay. Makes me feel better when I don't feel well, so. But, yeah. Yeah, so maybe she, yeah, you're right. Maybe she was <laughs> maybe feeling. I, I was trying to figure that out. I, I watched the video of that and I'm like, you threw soup on a piece of art to save the planet. Maybe that's the only thing they could get of soup. So I'm showing you a picture right now. This is transparent television. Oh, wow. So it's kind of cool, isn't it? It's extremely... I, I love the tree in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks... It, it's... Maybe the trans... Maybe it's just about moving us to hologram. Holographic television. Because that's kind of what it reminds me of when I see it. It right? does. Yeah. I can see the hologram yeah. part in there. Yeah, so it's interesting when you think of it that way. You've returned to the Tech Ranch, where technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. You got a new phone for the holidays? No. Okay. What was the last new phone for you? Uh, four years ago. Oh, wow. Or three years ago, something like, yeah, four. Yeah. Did you... I remember I the day I got it, I got home, and I had a handful of stuff I was getting out of the truck after coming from Verizon, and I dropped it and cracked the corner of the screen. Is this? I didn't even have it for an hour. Is it still cracked? Yeah. <laughs> so four years later, you still have the same phone, not repaired. You're going to show it to me. The corner. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not a big deal then. Yeah. That's a Samsung, you said? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking at getting the new one. Because the, they're actually, well, they're running, um, yeah, the 24 Ultra. But they're running a bundle deal right now. And I kind of wanted to upgrade my tablet too. Oh, so. oh, there you go. Yeah. So if I so did, so my current tablet, 
then get a new tablet with a new number, then yeah. Were you um did you were you forced to make monthly payments on your phone at the time? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Everybody does. Well, now I'm not paying for it. Now you're that way. But I mean, there was a time not. I'm going to guess five years ago that that you you know you just traded your phone in and paid the extra two hundred bucks or four hundred bucks right. or whatever, um, whatever that number was, and now they just lock you into twenty. You know, 24 or 30 months or 36 yeah. months. Interest free, whatever. Right, you're, right. You're kind of, it's kind of like leasing a vehicle. It kind of is. A lease payment. And it does. Because you're up for upgrade well before you're done paying for that. That is true. So they just roll that over. And then they. I know uh, people that they're, they're way upside down on their phones. Well, and it's just, it's really frustrating to me because I, I would really like to not have to pay monthly fee for the phone. I would just like to. Trade it, trade my old one in, give me fair value for it. Let me pay 500 bucks for the phone and be done with it. I don't just buy it out. I just don't want to be locked into it. You could do that. You can buy okay. it still. Really? Yeah. You can just go, hey, I'm going to buy my device. Yeah. At $28 times however money months you got left. Oh, no, no, no. No. That's oh. how it works. Oh, well, at least on my side. The price is more than what the payments are. Well, part of what the payments is. There's a little built-in depreciation that comes with that. Well, this is what's interesting about that. Well, you can so, pay fourteen hundred dollars for this phone. I have I have gone in. It's actually it is actually cheaper by not a lot, but a little bit. The payments over paying for the phone it straight is. up. It is. So then you look at that and you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to pay for the phone and payments. They they build an depreciation into it. And then I'm then then you're like, but you, I really get tired of seeing the two hundred and sixty dollar a month phone bill. Well, then the you downside, tell you that it's it's not just phone; it's the phones themselves, right? And, and, and that's why I, I, till it's dead, I I will hold on to. Well, I'm I'm impressed that you do that. I, you know I, me, I I'm like you know I'm. But you're the guru of geek. You have to have new technology. I just got my 23 just a yeah. few months ago, and I and they already wanted the 24. Don't well, you? they they were telling me at the time, <laughs> why are you, why are you not waiting until 24 comes on? I'm like, well, I'd like to get. I need to upgrade my phone. You know, I, I can't believe I didn't have one already. And now I'm, I'm like, I'll oh, darn it. Why did I not? See, I wouldn't look at this except I, I really need to upgrade my tablet. Right. That, that's the, and they're running the bundle deal. That's, that's the only reason I'm doing that. But they do build in a little depreciation where they get you though is the trade in value. So if you own your phone outright, then you've, you get a little better trade in value. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you're still, making the payments so they get you if you're if you're that person that's got to have that brand new iphone every time one comes out they got you yeah if you got to have that next iteration of you know your samsung or whatever the the android device you're using is they got you yeah. so um yeah and but it's the trade-in side of it because look at the marketplace that's really opened up um, and it's done it over the last couple of years because so I'll open up, you know, I'm a Verizon customer and I'll open up my Verizon and look in there. And this didn't used to be the case, but now you have the option of when you're going through the device you want to, you want to buy refurbished. Yeah. That, that wasn't the case five years ago. There was no market for refurbished phone. They just had, eh, they gave you some trade in value. But so, now there's a market for that traded in phone. I, uh, but they're selling it twice. I just hopped onto eBay and I put in the Samsung, Samsung 22 Ultra, which I, I actually have one of those as well. I actually kept, 
a phone here not too long ago. And mine's a 2020. Well, in fact, okay, that's right. So I kept, I had a 20 and then I had a 22. So the 20 is the one that I actually traded in because they gave me the value of that for the trade in as well. Like I would have gotten for the 22. The 22, it's still worth 500 bucks on eBay. So I mean, I could sell my phone for $500 right now. And I was just, I was just thinking as you were talking there about, you know, can I just hop on eBay and get a, get a low priced Samsung 22 or whatever that might be one or two iterations old? That really isn't the case. I mean, you can get one for 500 bucks. It's two iterations old, but you know, but they do make, I know we're picking on Samsung here a little bit. There are a plethora of other low cost phones though that have a lot of great value. Uh, for a couple hundred bucks that you can probably, you know, you can go to an electronics store around you and pick one of those up or you probably even on eBay or, or Amazon or whatever. And, uh, you know, pick up, uh, not so much with Apple, but with Android. Okay. So I set my ways and I, for a very long time, I was a Motorola fan because. I would travel around rural North Dakota or rural parts of the country quite often. And uh, Motorola's, before they got purchased, uh, had the best internal antenna. I, I could get signal in places where people with a different brand of phone didn't get signal. Right. So I was hard to leave that when they lost that competitive edge for connectivity with that internal antenna after they were acquired by a different company. Yep. Okay, I, I, I have no incentive to stay with Motorola anymore. So I left and I went to Samsung because I'm an Android user and it had the best phone. Have you looked at some of the, and this is a value proposition, some of the Google phones, cause Android, of course, Google yeah, so based, some of the Google phones, yeah, the Google pixels unbelievable yeah. the features and how far they've come yeah and you can pick up a pixel for five to seven hundred bucks yeah really. compared to was it last half price, like half half price. Yes. yeah and they probably have just as many features and they're very well uh respected in the photo yeah and i'm set in my way yeah, I, i'm really hard to <laughs> as much as we talk about new technology and stuff all the time it's like i but i don't want to learn new technology and if you phone because this is what i'm comfortable and familiar with so the trick to that of course is instead of because i noticed that at&t which is who i go through um that they had pixels at for choice the last time i was there and i i hemmed and hawed a little bit about do i go that route but i'm again I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of a logical math person, right? And I'm looking at that and I'm looking at them and I think it was like 22 bucks a month for 36 months. Got to learn a new operating system. Not so much that. I don't think I'd have a problem too much with. No, oh, you wouldn't. But, but cause it's Android, right? Um, and it might be fun to learn some of that stuff over or, or, or just get immersed in it again a little bit. Cause I haven't immersed myself in my phone in a long time. Uh, but. I did the math on it. I'm like, well, I can hop online and go to Google and get this for 500 bucks. Why would I pay 800? So that was 830 bucks with the payment plan. So that was the case where the payment plan made a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, or, I, or buying it straight up made a lot of I sense. I almost me. went down the Google road because of the, the affordability and the quality has come up so fast. Right. But when you take your old phone in and they give you $800 off of a $1,400 phone, you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. You know, they just, they've, they've just made it so attractive to, to, 
not leave the ecosystem that you're kind of in, right? The, whether it's, you know, like you're with Verizon and you have a Samsung and I'm with AT&T and have a Samsung, I'm just going to go in and get the next iteration of the Samsung phone because I don't want to mess with a, learning a bunch of new stuff. You and I are comfortable. I think that's probably true with a lot of iPhone users as well. Um, I know people who aren't as happy with the new iPhones as they used to be and they want to make the jump. This doesn't happen. Apple stock went down. I didn't hear that. People weren't happy with the new iPhone. Interesting. And it's like the first time this has happened correlating to a device. Wow. It, forever. It, it Boom. Apple stock went down. Um, had a little hit because people weren't happy with the new iPhone. So the Google Android Pixel 7a, 128 gigs, 500 bucks. Just so you know. Yeah. The Moto. It's hard to beat that price point. Well, the Motorola Moto. You just go out and buy it straight up, two hundred or one hundred and seventy bucks. Yeah, it's not the same phone it used to be. I understand that, but this is a five G version, so it's five G, yeah, ready and whatever. I don't. It's the I, I forget who bought Motorola. Was it Lenovo or Le, well, but Lenovo is a, a an IBM company. I would trust that, I guess. But uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, well, yeah, but okay. So we talk about technology all the time, but. Certain technology is good in certain spaces. If I'm buying a computer, yeah, IBM, I trust them. They're not. They're not known as a phone. They're not a phone company. They haven't been a phone company. Is it, are you holding a little computer in your hand? Sure. But there's different technologies that integrate. Different technologies has, they have their own niche. They're successful in their own spaces. Sometimes they don't translate well right so and samsung makes a lower cost to the galaxy uh a15 i'm just looking at some of these prices an unlocked version of that is 200 bucks so you don't have to i guess the kind of the point the of bank. bank so you don't have to break the bank or get a phone and, and i did that contract yeah, and that to me is probably the biggest deal right you can you can go and get a, a phone and not get it tied to a contract. And if you're going to spend 200 bucks on a phone, then do you need AT&T and Verizon? Maybe you just need to get, you know, one of these other uh, that pays you go or 20 or 30 bucks a month um, type of plans then, you know. $15 a month for Mint Mobile. See, that's inc- that's an incredible price. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody that's in, that's not in a big city that's had it. Right. And I think that's the challenge. I think if you're in a big city, most more of these, yeah, and most of these operators like a T-Mobile or whatever works really well. And I know, I know a lot of people who have T-Mobile and love them, but not around, not where you and I live. No. You know, they just don't have the tower access like you AT&T have to be a little discerning in a rural setting or rural communities. And we're in North Dakota. That's yeah. a rural state. Yeah. And that's part of the reason. Um, you know, I used to have AT&T, but they, through FCC stuff, there was a bunch of different sales and how it broke out and tower space and who had towers. And I wound up having to go with Verizon because I get signal in when I'm out pheasant hunting in a cornfield yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And I, I have the same, uh, I have the same issue. Um, where AT&T typically, if you're on the interstate system, you great. Yeah. You know? And, and the places that I travel, Mostly have AT and T. I never had to. I never have to do yeah, anything. Bigger cities, and I've had I've had issues with others. I've tried to go to others that are less money, but you know how how expensive is it? How expensive is downtime 
way more expensive than the little bit extra I'm paying on a phone. So I can't, I can't afford to not be connected. So I just, uh, I just continue to stay with the AT&Ts. I well, guess, and but. you and I have had this conversation. Connectivity to me, when I need it, I want it. Yeah. And I, I, when I need it, I need it. Um, that's why I don't go to a, a unlimited data plan because I don't want it slowed down when I need it. Right. You know, so I pay for the certain number of. So you'll have a 10 gig a month plan or whatever. You don't use it a whole lot, but it's eight and I get a little rollover, but my wife tends to use because we share the plan. So that she, because I could get by with probably four or five. Because if you map it out right, you get rollover. Yep. Yeah, the last thing you want is to lose a, a, a $10,000 or $50,000 deal you're working on because right. you decided to go with a lower cost option for your yeah. phone service. Or if I need to send a document or a, a presentation and I got to do it on my phone and, well, sorry, you, you're, you've got an unlimited plan, but you're getting, you're getting up there in, in data transfers. So we're going to slow you down. So they'll get it tomorrow. Yeah, that doesn't work yeah. for me. Well, I know we've talked a lot about phones and our own little personal things, but you know, I think the advice that we can give people if you're looking for a phone right now, and I think there's going to be some great deals here in the next couple of months, um, take your time and shop a little bit. Don't be like Steve and I and just go hop in there. <laughs> I don't do that. I well, picked up my phone from four years ago. Don't be like me. Be five. Yeah, you. Well, well like, I'm the worst case. I, I might jump on the bundle side just because. Actually, I figured out the the plan for you. They need to come up with instead of a jelly of the month plan, a phone of the month plan, <laughs> just for gurus of geek. So, Marlon, you you can be up the, for that. You could be the the phone of the month that guy. Is, that is a great idea, Steve. And just have to, they have to just send it to me ready to go though. Well, yeah, you got to work it out. I'm I'm thinking, I love it. We can tap into it through the tech ranch. Welcome back to the tech ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So what don't you want if you live in Chicago right now? Electric vehicle. (laughs) Have you seen all the, all the pictures that have been coming out, all the images from the Chicago area in the last week or two? Last few weeks, we've seen all these snowstorms hitting east of here. Yep. And, uh, east coast and, and all you're seeing, I mean, when mainstream media and national news starts carrying people complaining about their electric vehicles and they're stuck and we've talked a little bit about this about, okay, how scary is it someday? When you wind up in traffic situations and all these electric vehicles die in transit and are stuck on the road, yep. on the freeway, and that's been happening. rush hour, and it's been happening because yeah. of the weather. Well, I mean, you, you, first of all, the batteries don't work as well when it's cold out. So instead of getting 250 miles of charge, they're getting 20, 80, 100. <laughs> and, and then if you're stuck in traffic, it, there's so much energy used in these things to heat the vehicle because there's no, you don't have an internal combustion engine running, which means that there's no heat being generated from anything. Well, and that's part of the problem. It's what's been happening in Chicago, New York, and East Coast cities with the snowstorms. Because, and I actually watched uh, a news clip of a somebody in in the electric vehicle space saying, "Yeah, you can't use your heater." Okay, but it's. 50 degrees, yeah. And uh, and they're like, use your seat heater to keep warm in your electric vehicle. Okay, but 
Now, like not using the heater in the vehicle, which is a big suck on the electricity, which means my windows are fogging up. So now I can't see and, and I'm going to die in a fiery yeah, crash. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a big issue. And, and then you combine that with the fact that they have so much torque that you can get stuck on a, like, like an inch rise over the next mile if there's oh. snow on the ground because they, they just start spinning the tires. They cannot. I saw under control. I, I I saw a video of some guy. It was uh, some diesel powered truck page on social media, and he was driving by, and uh, he's got his window open. He's videoing this guy in the new Tesla truck, and it's maybe an inch or two of snow, and a minimal incline up this driveway, and couldn't go anywhere. In fact, it was squirrely as heck and like zero traction, too much torque. Yep. And the guy's got his windows down. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. I'll call Elon for you. He'll be <laughs> on his way. Elon's coming. Now, my guess, and, and uh, you don't and I have figured that out. You and I have talked about this before. They're going to they're going to have like a snow button that they'll yeah. just you just push. The torque will just, it'll just gear down and that'll be that, right? So that'll, that's coming. The battery thing. Well, okay. So this is a great, we've talked about the nuke battery. Yeah. Have we talked about it on the show? I think we did last a week. A little bit. Yeah. So, but some more stuff's come out about it that it, cause it's right now they're, they're working on the scalability. So yeah, right now it's about small things. Yeah. Replacing the double and triple battery, yep. a battery, Watch battery, your phone battery, right? Yeah. The new battery, which means I'll never have to get a new phone because the battery would die. Well, that's that is that's an interesting thing. I wonder if it'll if it'll the screen because will it increase the cost of the phone though? If you don't have to charge it for the next fifty years, well, and, and your tip. Okay, so. You get can I, well, I still be able to charge? You know, because I use my phone to charge my watch. Can I still do that too? Why not? Well, because it's got uh, wireless power. Die. So your phone, what's, why do most people have to replace their batteries? Well, they wear them out after a while. I mean, the, right, they the wear them out. Charging of it. It's the constant yeah. charging. You, you buy a device and there's only so many charges in it. You can only charge it so many times. Generally says 500 to 1,000. I think most right. people get way more than that. But at some point. Because you should all just let it run way the, down. Yeah. Not charge it when it's like oh it's got 40 percent yeah because because they only get so many charges that's correct i mean if you let it go to 40 percent and charge it back up that actually does count as another charge charge on your phone oh, so. like a 10 percent it's like yeah and they so i don't really you leave it on a, on a charging pad all the, all the time yeah. yeah i would imagine it works your because it's always charging yeah so does that count as one big charge or a bunch of little charges i guess then multiple yeah oh i'm screwed yeah I'm just thinking about, I really like this nuke battery scenario now. So, so there's this battery that's coming out. Uh, they're talking about mass production in 2025 and, uh, it uses some type of radioisotope. Um, and I don't know, I don't know all the numbers off the top of my head, but, but, uh, they're basically claiming that you will be able to replace anything that's using double and triple A batteries and you will probably never have to change that battery ever again. So, and part of it is because the amount of the radioactive isotope, which it's it's working off of the decay, the half life of that, right? Battery. And there's no harm. I mean, there's no. It's risk so small to humans. It's so very small. What if you're to scale that up for an electric vehicle? So that's interesting. Now is there more danger because well, you've got more, or does it still work off of that same small? 
but minuscule amount. You did see the commercial with Julia, uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus for Mercedes, right? The Mercedes. Oh, the electric, yeah. And all it was is, was like a hundred thousand AAA batteries that were in the car. Yep. Hilarious. It was so funny. You know, they had the quick release button and it was a little red thing and he pulled it and these batteries start pouring out around <laughs> the thing, right? So if that was a thing, then this would work. This would work. Right? Because you're replacing the AAA batteries or the AA batteries. But again, so. it, it's, does it come down to the volume of the radioactive isotope? Yeah, though? that's, that, that's my question. Yeah. It's like, okay, because if you're putting this little tiny speck of radioactivity into a phone or a watch battery, that, that little tiny battery. Yeah, like but, one Twinkie a day. Yeah, but now it's 20,000 Twinkies a day. And that's not good for anybody, is it? No. Yeah. Or is it one massive Twinkie? Right. Right. Because I don't know what that would look like. Do you scale it up so now you've got more radioactivity? My guess, though, is that they're going to work towards that. Right. But, I mean, just to, re- just to replace all the devices that use double and triple A batteries and phones is a huge undertaking. They'll be, they'll be busy just in that alone for a significant amount of time. And well, do they, if, as a business... And, you know, in the business model, do they sign a deal with Apple so they negate Samsung in this scenario? I mean, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of a lot of pressure put on this company, in my opinion, for exclusivity towards certain devices for a while. Well, I'm going back to the electric vehicle side of stuff too. Is so now if you're looking at the electric vehicle positioning for this, because what's kind of come on the heels of all the weather this winter in Chicago East? And people getting stuck in their electric vehicles and can't charge them and they've died on roadways because the weather's been cold. And now you're seeing a push to a lot of, hey, like Jeep, for example, um, we've got electric mode or if you need more range, it's the, the power mode. Right. You know, you can use the, the gas powered engine or, Dodge did with that, hey, for an upgrade for extended range, we'll put a combustion engine in in conjunction with your electric vehicle. But we're seeing more kind of going back to that hybrid model a little bit, which Toyota stayed the path. Toyota, um, for me, way ahead of everybody you, else. Hybrids, because yeah. They stayed there. Yeah. They stayed there. And, and the government had incentivized getting away from hybrids. Right, right. Yeah, they've done a great job with it. And... You know, the Prius is probably just as relevant now as it was 20 years ago. And it used to be a joke. It was kind of a joke. It's kind of funny. I watched a show here not too long ago, had one in there, and he was proud of it, and everybody's making fun of him, and now nobody makes fun of the Prius anymore. So it's all great. still looks funny. It, they all look funny nowadays. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. 